are listening to the Heavy Metal Hangover, where the beer is always cold and the music is always heavy. With your hosts wearing jeans and leather, not Cracker Jack clothes, Rex and Duff. Welcome to another episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover. My name is Duff. My name is Rex. And, uh, you know, there's really no sound of that. I was pulling the beer out of the little plastic six-pack can holder together. Is it, a, is it a pull tab? No, 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 <laughs> not that. The You know, the little plastic thing that they put over the can to keep the six-packs together? No, I know. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, the one according to the internet kills turtles or whatever? It kills everything. Um, <laughs> oh, like, come on. You know, it's one of those, like, everyone has seen that, that, that picture of the turtle with it around its neck, and you find out later it's fake. It's like, of course it's fake. It's the internet. You know, <laughs> like... You know, you don't, you don't kill you. But, dude, to this day, I still say, you belong in a time with pull tabs. Why? Because you would totally pull the tab off and then just throw it. <laughs> like, back in the day, you'd crush, you know, uh, you'd crush the beer and then just throw it in the weeds and walk away. <laughs> you know, there, there are... there are All I was going to say about things being fake is... Hang like, on, hang are, on. There are two... Hey, God, one more thing. And then I'd be standing in the background and slowly turn and a tear would be rolling down my cheek. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I had to add that pretty one. <laughs> no, it's okay. I was going to say, there, there's two places where where things are always fake. One's on the internet, and the other is on the chest of every woman in a strip club. You know what I mean? Like, it's just some things that are always fake. And if Fair they're enough. not fake, it's because she's she's stripping just so she can afford to get them fake at some point in time. You know what I mean? Like, she's she's uh, anyway. she's uh, working to pay them off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if she's flat, if she's flat chested, trust me, she's working toward it. You know, like <laughs> that's her goal. And she'll tell you that she's only going to strip until she can pay them off. But come on, we all know she gets them. That she's like, oh wait, now I can really make money. You know, she's a lifer at that point, uh, and, and it's fine. You know, hey, hey. I, I, I support the working class. What can I say? I support the working class and the working ass. I, I, I support them both. Um, <laughs> so here we are. No, I was saying was I was taking the beer out of the thing. It didn't make a noise. I was uh, kind of underwhelmed. But opening it, opening it will. So there's my, uh, there's my beer. I actually don't have much beer tonight. I only got a couple. Um, you only got left. ah sixer, ah sixer. No, I don't. I only have a couple of pounders. Um, and they're Miller Lite, so I'm not going to get schlitzed tonight. Um, I mean, I'll drink a couple of beers because that's what we do here on the show, but I will not get schlitzed. Um, if I can get schlitzed on two, well, I mean, they're, I know they're pounders, but if I can get schlitzed on a couple of Miller Lite pounders, like, we got, uh, there's a problem. <laughs> when, a, when a guy as fat as me, if I could get drunk that easily, man, that would just be... Um, that would be that. I mean, maybe, like, like maybe if I was on like dialysis or something. But <laughs> at this point, <laughs> I'm not getting drunk on a couple of Miller Lights and ain't gonna so. happen. But uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm, I, a, um, I'm a complete ass already. This is great. Oh no! Well, I mean, you don't need you don't need beer to be an ass. <laughs> I mean, Correct. I haven't even started drinking I, yet. I'm about to I'm say saying. I've I've known you like most of my life now, and I've I've never known you to need beer to be an ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When am I not an ass? Never. Uh, it's okay. The answer is never. None more this ass. <laughs> None more ass. <laughs> none more ass. Well, you know, yeah. With armadillos in our trousers. The answer folks. is none. None more ass. Um, uh, except for except for Vinny would be the be the guy walking through the metal detector and pulling out a cucumber. 
Actually, he'd pull out he'd pull out one of those mini sweet pickles because even that would be an upgrade. <laughs> no, come on, dude. Vinny's the kind of guy that goes to airports just because the pat down is the closest thing to sex he's had in years. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm still laughing at your comment last week about how Vinny ruined Packers for the rest of us. <laughs> I didn't even remember I said that. You know what I mean? You're like, well, he, I don't he ruined Peckers for everybody. <laughs> Look, there's something you need to know. People that have been around in the show for a while, short of needing therapy and are probably in prison, we're not going back down that road again. But um, something you have to realize is, like, I don't plan. Well, we especially, we don't plan any humor uh, for this show. And if I ever come off with something like Vinny ruined Peckers for everybody, I can promise you that that was not planned and that was not a line <laughs> I wrote down in advance. That was just my gut reaction to something. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just it's just how I am. I, I've uh, My humor kit, and actually, it's, it's not because I'm too lazy to try to write something funny in advance. It's because I don't know how to. It's like, because of this show, and you know this, like, I get legitimately asked, why don't you do stand-up comedy? I said, because I can't write it. Like, I, I can't. I can't prep funny for tomorrow. I don't know how to do it. I could, anything I've ever said in my entire life that was funny was just off the cuff, you know? You see a woman walking through the mall <laughs> during Christmas time, and I say, you can call me Hickory Farms. You know, like, like I, I didn't, I didn't plan that i didn't write down like make joke about woman in mall using the term hickory farms to refer to my pecker you know <laughs> i can't do that i don't know how i have no idea um so anyway yeah yeah vinnie definitely well he ruined a lot of things um he you know he ruined a lot of a lot of women's nights we can tell you that right now you know it was you know like like i had a woman once tell me that the best way to describe her uh like I, I asked her you know she went out on a date with Vinny and um you know they they you know they got they, they they went home together afterwards and I talked to her the next day and she said the only way to describe a sexual encounter with Vinny is womp womp you know I was like okay there you go <laughs> I totally understand you know it's disappointment at its finest folks um <laughs> oh man it, it, it it's disappointment like when Load came out. Like, you bought the new Metallica album, and that's what you got. <laughs> and again, not that it's... <laughs> Load's, actually, Load's not a bad album, but if you, it wasn't what you were expecting. Let's just put it that way. Um, so, uh, yeah, here we are. We're back. We've actually um, got a couple of things, I think, that we plan on talking about. Not, not really. Like, we have some rough things that we might discuss but last week we had other ideas and ended up doing completely different things because um, I, I i mean it's it's more fun this way man i there was a time when we had when we truly had topics for the show again, again we're talking season one that doesn't exist anymore but like where we, we had legitimate topics and we planned them in advance and we prepped them and then after a while we got to the point where we didn't have topics however 99% of the show was not even about anything. It was just random, hey, look at those boobies. That was pretty much what the sh well, that was me, but that was pretty much what the show was for a while. We're now, I would like to say now, our shows have topics. They're just not exactly necessarily planned. Like, last week, there was a concept to the entire show. It just wasn't one we had. A we weren't prepped. We weren't prepped for that. 
it 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 happened amidst conversation, but we went we we spent the rest of the episode on that topic. It just wasn't something that we we prepped in advance. So today, for example, we have like one thing we might want to talk about, but even but we have not prepped that in any way to say we haven't thought about it in advance. Um, other than we wrote it down, it's about as much as we get to. Um, but you know. We're busy. <laughs> you know, what can we say? Um, but you know what? Okay, so normally one of the first things we do if I don't talk about how crappy my week was, and it was, God, God, did my week suck. <sighs> Man. Anyway, um, we, we don't need to we don't need to go there. But normally we would start off with our picks of the week, but this week instead of picks of the week, we're doing that little thing where we um, whatever the hell we call it, HMH challenge, I don't know. The thing where <laughs> we, re- we, we give each other a record and see what the other person's opinion of it is. The rules, like, we're not, we shouldn't give the other person a record we know they won't like. There should be a reason why we give it to the other person. Either like, hey, this is something I really think you dig, you've just never listened to it. Or maybe it's something like, well, it's a little outside of the box. It's a little outside of the norm. But there's stuff about it you might like. You know, quick yeah, example. Like, I'm not going to hand you like a Sex Pistols album. You know, I'm not going to hand you some like obscure hardcore punk from like 1983. Because it's probably not going to be something you're going to enjoy. You know, no. you, you've made it apparent that you've tried many times to like punk. Me showing you the 30th band that you've you know, listen to is not going to suddenly change your mind. Well, however, there may be bands that kind of maybe they're, they're, they're in the punk realm, but they play a different style or, you know what I mean? Like, or they moved into metal, like, you know, something like DRI where they were punk to start, but maybe they started doing crossover later. And it's something you could say, okay, well I could see how you'd like this. Or, you know, for me, like you're not going to hand me like the most power of power metal, um, I, cause I'll be like, eh, you know what I mean? Like something like that. Yeah, eh, sixer. No, eh, yeah, sixer. I agree. Like, like it, well, again, I'll, a great example was the first one I gave you was Camelot. I said, this is, I don't know if it's power metal, but it's symphonic, whatever. And I'm like, look on the surface, not your thing, but there's layers to this that I know you'll like. I said, there's guitar riffs all over it. You're, you'll like, I can see you liking the themes. I said, I mean, I knew going in, I'm like, I know you're not really into keyboards. And I know you're not into, you know, borderline Broadway vocals. But there was enough, you know, like I said, there, there was enough layers to it that are things that you'd like. Um, I would actually like to say that, and we'll get about get to talk about this in a minute. The band you gave me for this week is probably a really good example. You just said the punk thing. We'll talk about this uh, here when I get to mine, but I mean, the, the one that you gave me is definitely not a punk record. It's definitely not a punk band per se, but it's it, it's it's a band that let's just say blends the lines. You know what I mean? There's there's some punk to it, some metal to it, whatever. We'll, we'll talk about that. Um, but no, like if you now let me say this, not to say that. You wouldn't say, I know you typically don't like. However, there is this one album that the band did that has, you know. Uh, I mean, like, you know for me, like, if, if I can't get past the vocals, it's going to be a challenge for me through it, you know. And when I say I don't like punk, I'm aware that there's a 
big spectrum to what punk is. But if you're putting me down the road of anything that's going to even remotely remind me of the Sex Pistols, I'm probably not going to like it. Or if the vocals are like that, I'm probably not going to like it. But, again, and, and, and well, I mean, I, I will say, like, I'm lukewarm about DRI. Like, I like two of their albums. Um, admittedly, they're great albums. Not entirely my thing. Um, but there's enough there that I could like. Um, sometimes it's just going to be a band <clears throat> that... Um, you know, well, I'll give you an example. I'm not a big fan of the suicidal tendencies, but that's not to say that there isn't a record of theirs or, you know, that you might be like, you know what? There's a little bit, uh, there's other stuff in this record. Maybe you could check it out, right? Uh, I'm just throwing out random examples. Um, I, I mean, it, it admittedly, like, again, the one I gave you today um, is a prog band, but on the other hand, I'm not going to hand you, you know, uh, uh, I'm not going to hand you an album that is like modern dream theater where it's all I, I'm not going to hand you an album that is nothing but you know an exercise in how complicated can the music be you know I would give you a Symphony X record I mean I know you you listen to Symphony X but I, I could give you a, an album by Symphony X because I'd say look there's a ton of prog stuff going on there but the songs are songs the Symphony X writes songs they, they do. They write songs, right? I've, I've always defended Symphony X as one of the best prog bands there are. And it's because they push the boundaries of complicated music inside the concept of really good songs with big hooks and great melodies and great vocals. So, I, you know what I mean? I would give you something like that where I would not give you, you know... Well, I, I mean, I, I'll use Dream Theater as an easy example, um, but I would not give you like a modern Dream Theater record just because I'm going to go, dude, you're, you're, you're going to, it's just, you're not going to like it. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying there's nothing about it you'd like. I'm saying you wouldn't like it. Um, I mean, Nevermore is a prog band in a lot of ways, but again, in, in, in context, I, I, those are, and again, same with power metal, you know, um, I might give you a, an album by a power metal band. Um, yeah, I'll give you an example. Like if I were to have you sit down and listen to, and I, I've showed you this band, but, um, so I'm not going to use this one because I know you've heard them, but a band like War Kings who their vocals are power metal and they've got a power metal theme, but the guitars are super heavy and it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like you're listening to Rhapsody, you know, and we ride against the fruit Kings for the glory of our Kings to and we march against the wind for the glory of our Kings to defeat our evil enemies. Like, I'm not going to give you that. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to give you a D&D game on a record. You know, it's just silly. Um, so we, we I, I, I will put it this way. Like, if, at least for me, some of the reasons, and, and today's going to be a good example too. Some of the times when, I rec when, when, when I'm giving you, I don't know about you, but when I give you a record, I'm actually oftentimes less curious if you like it because I'm not going to give you something that I think you're going to hate. And I also don't think I'm going to ever give you something uh, like, like if I just was like, there's a record I think you'll really love and you're going to go out and like buy it tomorrow. I, I, that wouldn't be this. I would just say, dude, I heard this record. You really have to hear it. I swear to God, you're going to like it so much. You're going to buy it. This is the kind of thing where I don't expect anything I give you to be your next favorite band. I don't expect anything I give you to be something you hate. I more just kind of want to hear what you think about it. And, you know, we said this before, too. There are plenty of bands out there that we want to talk about 
but it's hard to talk about because the other person is not into it or not as familiar with it. Hey, the simple fact that I recommended you for the show a Camelot record, I at least, when I'm talking about Camelot, feel as if you have much more of a frame of reference of what I'm talking about and can be part of the conversation to an extent as opposed to I'm going to sit over here and, you know, beat it while you talk <laughs> while you talk about Camelot. Um, so it, 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 opened, it, it serves a lot of purposes. I like it. Plus, it, it, it serves some, um, uh, some good conversation anyway. Um, okay, why don't we do this? I, I think the, the one I recommended you might be a longer conversation than the one you recommended me. Maybe I'm wrong. So why don't we start with the one you recommended me? Um, and I only say that because, again, I, I think um, – it's possible that it's a um, shorter conversation. I, I, I don't know. Uh, actually, part of me thinks we're going to talk less about my opinions on the record, more about other things about them. But that, that's besides the point. Um, so anyway, uh, so you recommended me a record called Coup d'etat by the band The Plasmatics. Would you, and I don't know if you know if you have a, a, a long reason why, but... Um, do you want to, want to tell me like, why did you pick that one? Like, what was your interest in it for me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Let me shut up. So for me, like, I'll be honest, like Plasmatics is a new band for me as well. They're one of those bands I'd always heard of, but never actually listened to. And I was at the record store one day flipping through the bins and this album was in there. It looked interesting. And I, I was like, I said, I've heard the plasma, I've heard of the Plasmatics. So I threw it on the turntable and I really liked it, bought it, brought it home, listened to it and enjoyed it. Um, the, um, the reason, like, I, I was listening to it again the other day and it came to me that, like, it's a very old school metal album. And I know the Plasmatics started as a punk band, but they really did start to pivot towards that old school metal. And I, I don't want to call it New Wabam because it's not like they were listening, it's not like they sounded like, um, they didn't sound like Iron Maiden. They didn't sound like uh, uh, a Praying Mantis. They didn't sound like any, you know, Tigers of Pantang, anything like that. But they had that sound that I can't quite describe what it is, where it sounds like 1982 metal. And and when I say metal, I mean metal, not like, oh, it sounded like Sabbath or Led Zeppelin. I mean, like, it sounded like it's hard for me to describe. If you listen to the album and I, I, most of you will say, ah, yeah, now I know what you mean by eighties metal. Um, it's not obviously not glam. And I thought to myself, I'm like, I think this, I was interested to see what you'd think about it because it was one of those albums that was not so far out of your wheelhouse that I'd be throwing you a curveball. But I think it was something that you wouldn't have listened to any other way. Like it was one of those albums where I'm like, I bet, even if he doesn't like the album, he will like things about it. And given the fact that, you know, the, the lead singer of the band, Wendy O. Williams, has a giant mohawk and, and looks like a punk record. I said, there's no way I'm going to talk him into listening to this unless I basically force him to listen to it. And again, I, I, I was well, thinking to myself. Other than saying, other than saying, you know, she's topless and does things with her box that most women couldn't do. I would have checked it out for that purpose. Well, otherwise, yeah, I mean, she, you're probably her, not her stage outfit was tape over her boobs. 
Um, um, man, never in the history of the world has tape pissed me off that much. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. and, and the thing is, like, the lead singer is cool. No, you're like, not and, wrong. And you're the not thing wrong. is, and the thing is, the lead singer was friends with Lemmy. Like, she hung out with all like the metal and and like dude, dudes. I mean, everybody in the in the eighties like talked about how awesome Wendy O. Williams is. Um, like from bands and stuff. Like, Plasmatics were never like a giant band, but. It was one of those things where everybody knew who she was, and she was awesome. And she met an unfortunate death. Um, she, you know, she committed suicide, and it's it's it was it was very tragic. Um, but you know, getting back to this album in and of itself, so this album was kind of like their transition into more of a metal sound. And again, the band themselves are kind of new to me. Um, I'm not an old school plasmatic guy where I'm be like, oh yeah, I've been listening to them forever. They're kind of new to me. And, you know, like I said, I've been experimenting with a lot of music lately, especially punk. Um, you know, I, I've always liked punk, but this is like the past, like probably six months, I've been doing like a headfirst deep dive into punk. So not only have I been kind of reintroducing myself to bands I knew like Discharge, DOA, bands like that, I've been saying, okay, I know surface level DOA. I want it all now. Like, I want to listen to it all. I know surface level discharge. I know hear nothing, see nothing, say nothing. I want to know all of discharge now. You know, I want to know, not only do I want to know discharge, I want to know who, you know, I want to know Broken Bones that was a splinter band off of discharge. Like, I want to know that stuff. So, you know, Plasmatics, I listened to them and I was like, you know, again, I love those old metal albums. When I bought this album, I also bought. Uh, um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna look on my. I, my. Um, I'm gonna look on my. Um, Your discogs. Uh, uh, discogs real quick, because I'll tell you the albums I bought. And um, the reason was because I bought them all in a batch. So I got. Let me see here. I have to go back a ways. Um, wow, I bought a lot of albums since I bought this album. Um. You know, I bought, uh, hmm, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Anyways. Oh, here we go. I bought Obsession. I bought, um, you know, it's another old school metal band. I bought this other album that I must not have put in my discogs where I, I remember I sent you the cover and I'm like, holy crap, like, look at the way these dudes are dressed. <laughs> like, it was another 80s metal album. I'll have to put, make sure I put that in my discogs. And it was, oh, I bought, and I bought the Impaler, like the first Impaler EP, like I bought a whole bunch of that '80s, early '80s metal. So they they got a shipment or not a shipment. They got an old collection in. I love that stuff. Like to me, like the pre-Metallica metal, like the pre-Kill'Em-All metal, is really good. And I know a lot of the stuff coming out that time was new album. It was Iron Maiden. It was you know Praying Mantis or or some of the leftover '70s bands, you know, and stuff like that. But there was a tiny period. Like between 1980 and Kill 'Em All, where there was this kind of genre, it stuck around afterwards a little bit, but it wasn't like dominant because after that glam exploded, thrash exploded. So, you know, if you were listening to metal, you were mostly listening to thrash or mostly listening to glam, or again, you were listening to some stuff that was left over from the 70s. Well, and I know you're going to kill me for saying this, but stuff like Dio. I mean, Dio did his solo band started in the '80s, but Dio was from the '70s. Like Dio himself but, I mean, was from the, the Dio 70s. band was also the, the Holy Diver was songs he was writing for Black Sabbath, right? It was I from mean, the yeah. It it was it was yes. Dio Dio is an '80s band that peaked in the '80s, but no, he had been around since the '70s. Right, I, mean, was I was going to give you an example of like a band like the Rods. 
is a yeah. great example of that. You exactly. Know, they are 100% classic, straight out of the early 80s, you know, American metal. That's just what they are. I mean, I don't know how to better describe them. That's what they are. That's what they are. Yeah, and, and, the, and it's, it's awesome, it's, and I love that band. It's kind of like, you know, I don't know the genre. Like, I don't know the subgenre, obviously, metal, punk, whatever. I don't know the subgenre, though. It's kind of like Armored Saint, where what do you call Armored Saint? You call them Armored Saint. You know what I mean? Like, you, you can't really put Armored Saint into a category, and some of those early 80s metal bands, you're like, they're too metal to be punk. They're, they're not New Wave of British heavy metal. They're certainly not thrash. They're certainly not classic metal, so they're kind of in that weird in-between, and I'm sure somebody's going to correct us and say, that subgenre is known as English-influenced, thrashed, thrashed uh, classic metal or something like well, that, whatever. Well, I mean, you know, let, let's Duff be and fair, I always like, talk about thrash, death, doom, black is like what we know. <laughs> well, like, like I mean, in, in total fairness, like, Manowar was one of those bands. Yeah. You know, Manowar was out in, their first record was like 82 you know, um, and they were power metal before power metal was power metal. Yeah, and even if you want to call, I mean, I don't know what the hell to call it. I don't know. Manowar's Manowar. I mean, there, the, there's the, and Manowar's a completely different. The rods are much closer to what you're talking about with um, the plasmatics. Now, in fairness, even except to a point, you know. Yeah, I, no, sure, they're German, and but they were, you know, they, they by by nine by by the time Kill 'Em All came out. By the time Kill 'Em All came out, except had already put out Breaker. They had already put out Restless and Wild, because Kill 'Em All was '83, so Breaker was '81. Restless and Wild was '82. Except had already solidified what they were. The Scorpions, again, not American, but the Scorpions were already. The Scorpions before 83. Again, late 70s. But those bands that were not... Priest. You know. I mean, they were new... They, see, right. the funny thing about Priest is a lot of people talk about how Priest is a new wave of British heavy metal band. They're not. They're not. They will say themselves they never fit into that category aside from the fact they were playing heavy metal and they were British around the same time as a lot of British heavy metal bands were coming over into the States. But I, And I know Priest released a ton of albums in the 70s, but really, you know, we, we've also always talked about how Priest's sound evolved, how, you know, British Steel was not the same as Rockarola. It wasn't even well, really the same as, as Sin After Sin. Even I mean, not, you know... I would say but but like like new wabum as a genre when you start talking about bands like you know diamond head and tigers of pantang they have a lot in common with how they sound that is a that is not just the fact that they were british and all came out at the same time they have a lot in common about how they sound i mean the first def leppard record was generally considered new wabum yeah but Motorhead did not sound like that. Judas Priest did not sound like that. Those were different, you know? Um, and, but yeah, I mean, dude, by 83, Scorpions had put Blackout out already. One now, of my I'm favorite aware album, that album Scorp- covers of all time. The, the, the Scorpions came about in like the mid 70s. I get it. But 
it was like 79 when Love Drive came out, 80 with Animal Magnetism, 82 with Blackout. You know, yes, they were around before then. I mean, Virgin Killer is an awesome record with a really awesome album cover. But for the most part, you think of the Scorpions as a band who really hit their stride 79 to like 84. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did. I mean, that's when. If you I mean, think it, your average person, if they, if you ask them a Scorpion song, it's going to be something off one of those four albums. Mm-hmm. It's going to be something off of what Worldwide Live. That's that's the name of their live album, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I couldn't remember. It would off be, time, I mean, literally, Love Drive, Animal Magnetism, Blackout, Love at First Sting, seventy nine to eighty four. Every song, with one exception, with one exception, and that's you know when to change. Yeah. With one exception, every Scorpion song you know, and by you, I don't mean, look, I'm aware that people listening to the show are like, dude, I have Virgin Killer and Vinyls. Like, dude, that's awesome. That record rules. I'm saying most people, like, I'm like, okay, like Savage Amusement. Has I always say you're love. average Scorpions fan, not like right. you're I mean, super dude, fan. I mean, a guy who's like, yeah, I love the Scorpions, but isn't like, I've got all their albums. You know what I mean? I mean, dude, like, Savage Amusement had Rhythm of Love, which is actually a pretty big song. Crazy World has Tease Me, Please Me, which is a pretty big song. But I'm eh. talking, like, the super hits. Like, a person who's like, I "I love the Scorpions. I've got their greatest hits. It's going to be mostly songs from those four albums. Right. Like I said, the the, the, the Tease Me, Please Me and Wind to Change are the only two that aren't. And the rest of them are pretty much on those four records. And I mean, Tease yes. Me, Please Me kind of sticks out compared to the rest of them. Oh, you it does. know what I mean? Tease me, please Like, it doesn't... Me. I mean, like, you, you song, listen to that song, and you would almost... Like, if you if oh, you were to put that song on and then put on, like, Rocky Like a Hurricane, people would be like, oh, that's two different bands. Yeah, yeah and Rhythm of Love. Rhythm of Love. I mean, I love that song, too, but it was clearly late 80s. See, that's the difference. A song like Rhythm of Love is clearly late 80s, where... Blackout and that stuff. No, that's what you're talking about. Again, I'm aware they're German, but when you're talking about a band like the Plasmatics and you're, you're, what you're talking about, about like that, like roughly 1980, like the year 1980 metal. Again, take something like Restless and Wild by Accept. Take something like Love Drive or Animal Magnetism by the Scorpions. You know, um, the Rods. I mean, you can you can start. You, you there's a lot of cohesion. Yeah, sonically, I get it. The Scorpions and Accept had the German flavor about them, but that is its own. That is, I'll put it this way: that's its own thing, as compared to New Wabum. You know, I, I yeah, I know that the Scorpions and Accept are German and a band. I just keep saying the Rods, but it's a great example. Uh, are American, but there is a lot more in common with those than either one of them would have with like Tigers of Pantang. Um, who, you know, it's a great band. They're a great band. And actually, I think, and, and look, I'm aware that the current lineup of Tigers of Pantang is like one guy. But, dude, their last couple of records are, are incredible. Um, but that's, and, you know, Diamond Head is one that everybody thinks of because Metallica covered them. It's funny um, because you know who produced this album? This one? It's the guy who did... Um, uh, what was it? The Scorpions? Did yes, he just that, do- that, that's why. That's why I, I'm not. That wasn't a gotcha question. It was. It was actually to support what you're saying. Is uh, cooped. It- yeah, I just read that earlier. But in fairness, that's not. I forgot about it. I remember. I read that before, but I forgot about it. Um, and so that's not why I made the connection. But you're right. Like this was. I mean, and and you know, again, this is a, this is an album that that I'm learning about as well. 
um, this was one of the one of the first albums that was to take a punk like the punk sound and start blending it with heavy metal. Um, you know, the, I don't. I'm not calling this. Oh, this was the first crossover album or anything like no, that. No, but it's. But one I'm of saying them. like it was one of the first bands to like kind of embrace heavy metal. Because I mean, look, was I there in New York City? At CBGBs, was I there at Lamore? No, I was not. I was like, I was like, you know, one year old, two years old. Um, but I've read a lot about that. I've read, I've read a lot about New York hardcore. I've read a lot. I've read Scott Ian's books, you know, and he was really into both the heavy metal and hardcore scenes at the time. And there was for a long time a division between heavy metal and punk. Like the you know the, Scott Ian and again I'm, this is Scott Ian's words not mine so 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 if anybody's telling me I'm full of crap you should go tell Scott Ian he's full of crap from what he says in his books the long hairs weren't welcome at punk shows like you know you could go but you were kind of like rolling the dice if a punk wasn't going to get in your face um, that's one reason why he was friends with Billy Milano and he said Billy Milano used to protect him all the time like he'd he'd you know kind of say no no scott's cool like leave him alone because billy was really into that scene um you know and eventually though a lot of the punks started realizing and, and it's funny because a lot of the punks started realizing wait this whole metal thing isn't so bad they're very similar to our music and a lot of the metal heads started embrace more punk like you know hanneman was a massive punk like hanneman was more punk than metal like when uh when priest or sorry when priest when slayer was forming it would that was it hanneman wanted to you know hanneman was the punk and carrie king was the guy who loved judas priest and all that stuff and that's how they kind of blended those sounds i mean um but but, but that's one thing that i've i it was a few years ago that i was talking to someone uh, way younger than me um and they were talking and i they were talking about you know liking like really liking like straight up super heavy heavy metal music but they also like some rap and they also like i think he was saying like techno whatever other stuff right and you know the conversation evolved and and we we may or may not agree on this but you know there was a time where you know if you were into punk you weren't the the metal guys didn't want you there, and if you were into you know what I mean, like like um, uh, Scott Ian talked about how, how like you know you could like Led Zeppelin or you could like Kiss, and you couldn't be in both camps, you know, like there's there 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 were those divisions, you know, and and I I think on the internet there's lots of stuff now, but I think for the most part in general, because you know the internet makes it really easy to just get your hands on lots of music um and because of the it, it's just because of the way people listen to music now they listen to it through on spotify and well and i'll put it this way, you're not going to a certain section of a record store you know you're not going to the metal section of the re- if there was one of the record store you know like you wouldn't have been caught dead in the other section of the record store now it's a little easier but and dude, I'm not saying this doesn't still exist because it does, but music was very territorial, you know. It just was, and if you were, you know, you 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 liked what you liked, and you, it, it, <clears throat> the only thing more important than what you listened to was the fact that you didn't listen to the other stuff. And we've talked a lot about that. That it's totally okay to 
like Cannibal Corpse and also like Elton John or Billy Joel or whatever. Um, but there were just there were always those lines, you know. It's like the punk shows didn't want. Well, I mean, dude, we we talk about this when we were in high school. You know, there was that whatever quote unquote they called it hardcore. It doesn't matter what the term was, but there was that scene in our hometown, and it was like. You couldn't go to see one of their bands and where I, dude, I was in eighth grade. I was in eighth grade and got pulled aside by someone I knew and was like, dude, you don't wear a Metallica shirt to one of these shows. They'll, they won't let you back. Why? Why? No, I, Do you know I, what I mean. It. Like, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, like, like and, and here's the thing it's not like I showed up in a shirt that was offensive you know what i mean it's not like you show up to something with a with a shirt on that is blatantly offensive to the people that are there well at least Meaning, not that time well no no what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. you know what i'm saying though like I, I'm, I'm without giving you actual like i could understand if you show up to a show and you're wearing something with let's just say like a political state or socio you know whatever state statement that is very offensive to that group of people okay That's let, one let, let, let me put this way if you, I'll, I'll say this if you show up uh, I, and if you show up to a straight edge punk show wearing a giant pot leaf on your shirt okay maybe maybe that might piss some people off okay how about that <clears throat> right no yeah so so uh, you know um I, sure sure that's a less controversial example sure but if you show up to a if you show up to a you know a concert to see one band and you're wearing a shirt of a band of a completely different genre, like I I don't know if that's as big of a deal now, and maybe it is. I don't. Know. I I don't think but, it is. I mean, I think anymore. I mean, look, like, like I would go to Vakin wearing a shirt with like the Cookie. I don't know, whatever, like Cookie Monster. Like I remember the the um, when Marco Miniman auditioned for Dream Theory was wearing a Cookie Monster T-shirt. That's why I thought of that. I'll I don't see. really think anybody's going to pull me aside and be like, "Hey, interestingly you, enough, you, you 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 can't see Iron Maiden with a Cookie Monster on your shirt." Interestingly enough, Gary Holt just posted a picture of Exodus from back in the day, and one of the guys was wearing a Cramps shirt. Cramps are like psychobilly; they're not; they're nowhere near close to metal. But the dude's standing, and that was cool. Like, I I don't know if back then it was like, "Well, what's he listening to that stuff for?" I don't know. I mean, I don't. I mean, look, it's also a youth thing. It's also, it's very much a youth thing, too. I mean, you and I, very much, when we were 16 years old, we're like, you can't wear a, a Billy Joel shirt. You can't wear an Elton John shirt. Like, come on, man. You can't do that. And, you know, you'll even read early, early, um, you'll even read early, early accounts of, of Slayer, where Jeff Hanneman wanted to shave his head. He was super into punk. He wanted to shave his head. And Kerry King's like, you can't do that. You have to have long hair if you're playing metal. What did Kerry King do 20 years later? Shaved his head. I mean, granted, he was going bald, but still like it's kind of a it's kind of a youth thing when you're young, you're kind of insecure. You're still figuring out who you are. So like, you know, like I, you know, I'd go to a heavy metal show wearing an X-Men T-shirt. Who cares? You know, like it doesn't matter. Dude, it, I would it, go to I would go to Vakken wearing a shirt that said "Who farted?" I don't care. Well, yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, you know, as you get older, you well, stop caring question. about There's that. Sixty-five thousand people there, you know. And if if it wasn't you, it could be. There, there's a lot of people that it could be responsible for it. Well, if it was cutting through all the bo by like day three, it probably was you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> but what I was gonna say well, was, 
like you know, I didn't fart. as you I get just older, you bathed. as you get older, you stop caring about that crap. Like you stop caring. Like, you, you, like we we always tell that story about our friend who had like Billy Joel's greatest hits, and when his one friend came over, he had to like quickly throw it under his bed so he wouldn't see it. Like now, I'd be like, I have, I tell, I'm telling you right now on this podcast, I have like three Elton John albums, four Billy Joel. I have Neil Diamond. I have multiple Neil Diamond albums that I enjoy listening to. I will say that, and I'll say it freely. Why I don't care, you know. You want to come at Billy me, Joel, and- but I, that's just because I'm. And I'm, I'm I like James Taylor. You know, like I like James Taylor a lot and could listen to James Taylor all Dude, damn day. You want to come yeah. after my metal card or whatever because I have Neil Diamond albums? Bring it. Like I, I don't care. Like that's the thing. But when you're 16, you're like, oh man, I, I gotta, I gotta, you know, hide this Neil Diamond CD, even though, even though Cherry Cherry's a an awesome song. Like I don't want people to see me listening well, to it because I mean, you're insecure. I mean, it, it's a, it, I, I'm, I think you're cool. If you listen to stuff that I think is cool, but what else you listen to doesn't, I don't know. We've talked well, about this. I'll, but I'll I'm, watch, just but like, say, it, like, I'm just going to say, like, I'm just going to say, like, if I, like, if you like, if you like Iron Maiden and we can talk about it for an hour, that's awesome. You know, dude, I don't care if you also listen to something else. Like, I don't care. Awesome. You know, dude. And look, man. I don't care how much you love deathcore. If you're going to tell me that you're only ever in the mood to listen to deathcore, you're crazy. Like maybe 99% of the time what I listened to was hard rock and heavy metal, but it's not all going to be Cannibal Corpse every day, all day. There's going to be days I'm not in the mood to listen to something that heavy. You know, I mean... That, you know, they, no, they, I don't listen to rap music, okay? So pretty much, and I mean, as an example, pretty much across the board, I don't listen to rap music. I'm not saying there isn't an exception here or there, but it's not like I'm ever in the mood to just go, like, for a week, listen to hip-hop. Like, fine. You know, and but here's dude, the thing. I'm telling you, 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 no one listens to just... People will tell something, you. Something like that extreme all the time. People I mean, will tell you all the, the time. All the time, but again, you're not listening to one thing. People will tell you as all the time, the, the bands you listen to don't care. The bands you listen to are not only listening to metal. The bands you listen to are listening to country. They're listening to alternative. They're listening to hip-hop. Scott Ian used to perform with a giant Dude, public enemy shirt on. Like I swear to God, I read a story, and if I ever meet Paul Boston from, from Slayer, if I ever meet him again, because I met him, but it was... <laughs> You were too busy chasing away the photo bomber. <laughs> I, I met him with Testament. It was like 20 some odd years ago. But I swear to God, I read a story where he said he was on tour with Slayer and was couldn't stand having to sit around and listen to George Thorogood all the time. Like, I swear to God, why that is in my head, I don't know. But I swear I read an interview where he was like, all they wanted to listen to for an entire tour was George Thorogood. And I'm like, I mean, well, me. I'm what's like, wrong I'm, with that? I mean, <laughs> George Thorogood's awesome. But, dude, well, you know what? It, you know, it, it's that in the world of great memes, the meme of 
James Hetfield on like Rodeo Drive with flip flops and designer <laughs> pants, and an, yeah. and it says <laughs> what members of Metallica look like, and then underneath it is what people who listen to Metallica yeah. look like. It's like I mean, what it, people who listen to Metallica look like, and it's guy wearing a battle vest and a bullet belt and torn jeans and long hair, and then it's like what members of Metallica look like, and he's standing there in flip flops with like a plain white T-shirt on and gray shorts, holding an Armani well, Exchange bag. <laughs> You know, we got to say that actually what's interesting about that is the the people who listened to Metallica in 1985 were very likely guys in battle vests because Metallica was pretty underground at that point. I get it. But, dude, half the people who listen to Metallica now are grilling on their back porch with flip flops, a pair of shorts and a polo shirt. On the phone with their accountant. You know what I mean? Because they still like Metallica. They like Metallica as much as they ever did, but they outgrew dressing like that. Well, you know, uh, because they're 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 fifty years old now. They're fifty five years old now. I will they're still 60 have sixty years old now. I will still have my Slayer and Cannibal Corpse shirts at fifty. I don't care. I mean, like, well, I, dude, I do too. But on the other hand, it's like I'm not going to show it. up to the office. I'm not going to show up to the office. With my battle vest on. Right. Well, I, I, I have when I was going to concerts, but I mean. <laughs> no, no, no. But what, what, what I'm saying is No, actually, is like, I brought it with me in a bag. And no. look, and I know I have long hair, and I know I have tattoos. But on the other hand, it's like, uh, uh, you know. But seriously, like I said, if you, Metallica has been around since 83. <clears throat> Think about it this way. They've been around for 40 years. It is very possible there's a guy. There's plenty of people in their 60s that have been listening to Metallica for 40 years. Very, very easy for that to be the case. Oh yeah, they don't look like. Well, they don't. People, you, they don't look like they did then, and it's fine. It's fine. Okay, but I don't want to go down that road anymore. I know we've talked about this a lot. I want to reel it back in and talk about the plasmatics, and I do want to say this: you're not wrong that I probably would have just written it off because it is very punk looking. Um, and if you Google them, it'll say they're a punk band. I probably would have just written it off. Admittedly, totally 100% with you. I, I knew who Wendy O was. That's the extent of it. And even I didn't know much about her other than I, I knew I knew about her. But again, surface level, that's it. Um, I, 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 the name sounded familiar. I wouldn't have known that that was her band. Admittedly, not my thing. And again, anytime someone calls me out on, oh, my God, you can't believe you've ever heard this. It's like. Dude, you're right. And I could say that about 10,000 records to whoever said that to me. Yeah. Like, I listen to a lot of music. There's no way I've listened to everything. Like, I, hey, my 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 life of listening to metal and doing this show and the radio show we used to do, I've been exposed to a lot of metal and I listen to a lot. And I'm willing to bet you I've listened to a lot more metal than your random metal guy off the street. And you know what? Even the random metal guy off the street has probably listened to a record that I've never heard. Is, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not stroking my own ego. Again, there's something else I stroke enough times a day. It doesn't need to be my ego. But I, dude, I, you. It's like movies, man. Every time someone goes, I can't believe you've never seen Blah, and I go, dude, I watch a lot of movies. I've seen a lot of movies. I've seen a lot of movies. I guarantee you whoever's telling me this hasn't seen but I can't see them all 
I can't see the ball. You can't. You can't see every movie. We both worked at a Blockbuster for years. I didn't see every movie on the shelf. Saw a lot of them. Dude, there are movies that you and I really like that were straight to video that most people have never seen. Great example. I was just talking about this the other day because I was watching Law & Order SVU and the main character was on it. Dude, remember the movie The Dow of Steve? That movie yeah. is awesome. It's an awesome movie. Um, and like Donald Logue, who it was, is in it. And I, he was he's on Law & Order SVU for a little while most people would know him as he had a TV show called Grounded for Life. It was a couple years, eh, whatever. And he was the taxi driver on MTV when there there was that. But anyway, he's in a movie called The Tao of Steve. Come out in the year two thousand. It was never in theaters. It was a straight. It was a blockbuster, like straight to video. We only ever heard of it because there was a fat dude on the cover, and it was at Blockbuster, and we worked there, and we just watched movies when they came out. Okay, cool. Here's the thing. There are movies I've never seen. Fine. It happens. It's that way with music. Yeah, so I never listened to Plasmatics. And you're right. I probably would have wrote it off. And not because I'm like, screw you, I'd never listen to that. Because it's like, there's 10,000 other things that, I would, that, that I'd love to listen to. And, you know, even when I go into a record store, like, dude, there's 100 records here I'd love to take home. I, I'll just get one of those instead of that one. Like, it's fine. Um... So so anyway, well let, let me let me tell you my my thoughts on the record. Um I, I actually and, and I mean it when I say it, I think this is the this is probably the best example that you've given me thus far about the point of this whole thing. Because I, I know you were legitimately curious. I don't you even said your to me, I'm like, you're like, I don't think you're gonna hate it. I don't think you're gonna love it. You're probably going to be somewhere in the middle. Love to hear your thoughts about it. This is also a band who is labeled a punk rock band. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know if you agree with the following statement, but here's my opinion on that. The Plasmatics is probably a punk band, but this isn't a punk record. No, it's not. You, you, it's not a punk record. It, it's not. Even if they are a punk band, this is not a punk record, albeit... Clearly, there's punk aspects or influences in it, but there was in Kill 'Em All as well. You know, I mean, there, there, you're, there was in Slayer as well. I mean, the, the the speed and aggression and attitude of punk music was in thrash. I mean, okay, I get it. So here, here's my here's my overall. So let me, let me mention a few things. So first of all, when the album started out, just right at the beginning, and you, I, I think this is one of like like when I say this, you're not going to be surprised at it at all. My very first like ten seconds in the record, my first opinion was, see, that's a band who understands what a guitar is supposed to sound like. You plug it straight into a damn Marshall crank the damn thing and hit a chord that's what a guitarist you know what i mean like <laughs> one of those bands that understands that i don't give a damn what you do with guitars how complicated a process you get at the end of the day the coolest damn sound in the world is just playing crunchy crap crunchy sleazy stuff right out of a marshall that's what it is 
I, and dude, look, you can tell me, well, they weren't playing Marshall. I don't give a damn. That's the JCM eight hundred at that point in time. Well, they probably were, but my point is like. I'll tell you what that sounds like to me, and I could be wrong. Let me see if I can see. Let me find a see if I can find <clears> a picture. See how completely wrong I am. Um, well, the thing is, I the problem would... with finding a picture than playing live is you don't know if they were using their own stuff. No, but what I was gonna say is, uh, yeah, there's a picture so of the plasmatics, and they all have marshals. Yeah, they so look, here's they my, look here's like my either Plexis or JCM early JCM eight yeah. hundreds. Here's my opinion. I was going to say it sounded like someone grabbed like an SG and plugged it, or maybe a Les Paul, and plugged it into a Marshall and just turned it on. It, 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 admittedly, though, we, we mentioned like a band like the Rods. That's what they sound like. They sound like you took a Marshall and a, a, you took a guitar with humbuckers in it, you know, a Gibson guitar with humbuckers in it. You plugged it into a Marshall and cranked it. It's unadulterated cranked Marshall. That's what it sounded like to me. So right out of the gate, I was like, dude, and like, I love that. I mean, dude, there's a million other guitar tones out there, and I'll, there's so many things that I like. But at the end of the day, man, there is something pure and ballsy and sleazy and just, there's just something about that guitar sound of just a humbucker guitar plugged straight into a Marshall. Again, I don't give a damn if you want to tell me they did other things. <clears throat> it sounds like that sort of thing. It's what it sounds like. And that, to me, right out of the gate, awesome. So, yeah, I, I love that. I, I love, I, I, I love that, that approach to guitar. You know, And if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you listen to this record and you hear just... The first five seconds of it, you'll go, oh, I see what he's talking about. Um, the band that, see, and you mentioned, and I mentioned the Rods, and I now that I think about it, I, I get a lot of that connection. And I, I think I told this to you offline. Man, I got Twisted Sister all over this. And when I found out the band was from New York City in the early 80s, late 70s, it actually makes a lot of damn sense to me because that's when Twisted Sister was there. They were a New York band. Through the 70s, late 70s, they were hitting their stride, right? So maybe, actually, they they very well might have played at the same clubs because Twisted Sister was playing with, in, in, the, in that same scene for the most part. Um, and I, I can't remember what tracks specifically. I got to, let me, okay. Like, I don't remember if it was, like, the second or third track, but I, I straight up just heard, I'm like, yeah, there you go. I heard Twisted Sister. And again, I, I don't mean it's not derivative because we're talking, that these were bands that were out at the same time. I don't even know if I could exactly explain what I mean. I'd have to go back in there and be like, there, right there, that's a Twisted Sister moment. And I love that. I, I, dude, I'm a huge Twisted Sister fan. They were one of my first, they were probably my first favorite band. Um, like when I was really, really, really little, I think they were my first favorite band, give or take. Um, so right out of the gate, that's awesome. That is straight up awesome. The vocals are, it's weird for me with the vocals. I don't know if, I don't know if I like them out of context, but I think they're perfect in context. What I mean is I think if you isolate the vocals, I, I, I don't know if I'd be able to tell you I love them, but I think they're, 
they're so kind of perfect for this band. Like, as much as... If you took the vocals out of this band, in my head, I would be envisioning something different. And when I first heard it, I was like, I don't know if I like that. But the, the more I listened to the record, the, as I got through the first track and I started getting to the record, I was like, no, that's actually really kind of cool. If I have any complaint about the vocals, is it's not that there's a lot of reverb in it. It sounds like he recorded the vocals across the street from the studio. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and, and, and at the time, that was kind I mean of the, the style. Vocals are not, yeah, it's not that the vocals are buried. It's that they sound like they were recorded really far away. And I know that's, it's not really reverb. I don't know. They, they, they literally sound like they were recorded across the street. Um, that could also just be a studio thing. I don't know. Um, but again, I'm only saying that to tell you if I could say any, anything at all, actually the closest thing to anything negative I can say about this record is that. That's it. It's like, damn it, I wish the vocals sounded like they were recorded in the same room as the rest of the band. Um, that is literally the only negative I have about this record. Um, I will actually flat out say, I think this is my favorite that you've recommended to me so far. Actually, I take that back. This is my favorite that you've recommended to me for, so far, which is weird because I know there's a couple that you were like, that, that were like way more, I think you were pretty sure about some of them. Um, I, I think this is my favorite. I would actually straight up buy this on vinyl. I think this record's awesome. Um, what, would I like anything else by them? I have no idea. Couldn't tell you. Um, but I, yeah, dude, I like this record a lot. Um, and it's not just because of the tape on boobies look, though, bonus points. Um, yeah, for sure. Like, there, there, there were other ones you recommended me. Dude, I blank on who you recommended, but there were one or two that I really liked, and I was like, I would buy these. But those were also, like, what was the last one that I said sounded like, um, Satan and Sirith Ungol? Um, yeah, yeah, oh, uh, Enforcer. Uh, Enforcer. Like, you recommended Enforcer, but in total fairness, you recommended Enforcer as a, you're going to love this band, you've just never listened to them. You know what I mean? Like, there was no question that I would like Enforcer. Like, there's just none. I mean, I, I don't think you questioned it. I think you were like, dude, you're going to love this band, you just haven't heard them. Where this, so I don't even, I don't know if I count that. Where this was just a, of any that you've thought of so far that you were not sure about, Hands down, this is my favorite. Um, if I see it at a record store, I'll absolutely, I'll absolutely buy it. I, I love this record. I think it's great. Um, the guitar riffs are just, they're just, they're 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 just they're just cool. You know, I mean, dude, I listen. I mean, I know earlier I was saying I listen to Prague, but like sometimes, dude, just a ballsy riff. Seriously, grab a Les Paul or an SG. Plug it into a Marshall, crank those tubes, and just play a big, ballsy riff of just some power chords. And dude, it's sometimes that's that's it. It's pretty awesome. So yeah, dude, I love this record. Yeah, got, yeah, absolute ten out of ten of this. I, I loved every second of this record. Um, I, I listened to it a couple of times, and um, I I listened to it more than once, not because I wanted to listen to it. I'll put it this way. My second listen of this record was not because I wanted to say I listened to it twice, was because I heard it and the next day I was like, I kinda wanna listen to that again. So yeah, I absolutely loved it. It's awesome. Um I will I have no idea if I would like anything off they did. If what they did before it was, you know, more 
way more punk, and maybe I wouldn't like it. Um, or if what they did after it was different, I don't know. But at least this record perspective, loved every second of it. Thought it was awesome. It was really, really cool. I um, oh, she was in High Society. I don't know if she was in it, but she was on the cover. She was also in Playboy, October '86. That that I knew. That that's how I knew who she was because I had every episode, every issue of Playboy <laughs> from the '80s and '90s. I knew who she was because of Playboy. It had nothing to do with music. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I did own every Playboy from the '80s and '90s and the first couple of 2000s. Like, I no, I did. I remember I was buying them on eBay. I would buy. I bought the entire '80s and '90s decade, bought both decades. Um. Uh, on Playboy, like I just did, because back in those days, like, dude, you could, ten bucks, you could get, you know, years of you could get every episode, every every episode, every issue for a few years. You know, it was great. I, I had them all. Dude, um, you should be a huge fan of her because dude, once she, described okay, wait, herself. Hold on. What? She's on the cover of High Society. She's wearing skin tight blue jeans, unzipped all the way. Like you don't see any vag, but I'm talking like. Unzipped all the way. She's the only thing she's wearing up top is electrical tape on the nips, and she's holding a shotgun. She should have toured with Destruction. <laughs> like, oh yeah, dude. No, dude. Destruction covered one of their songs. Yeah. Uh, Destruction was on Beavis and Butthead for 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 covering one of their songs. Like, uh, Punk goes pink. The Plasmatics. Wendy O. Williams. Oh, that's awesome. So awesome. actually, I was re I was looking at her IMDb, and there's some stuff I didn't know. Once described, th this this is for you. Once described herself as a marginal nymphomaniac and a terminal exhibitionist. <laughs> and dude, this where, one's where, dude, like, why does the world suck so bad now? I know there's because, there will like, never like, be another where, Wendy O. Williams. Well, not, not only that, but like, where where were these women when I was like 19? Like not where not in were eerie. These, where were these <laughs> not in where eerie. were these like where were these total like trashy whores who wanted to show their nips while listening to metal and then they want to you know they want to hump after like where were these people? This one's this is cool. crap. This one's cool, but it's it's actually quite wholesome. I mean, any any woman who's not fatter than me that wants to be an exhibitionist, I'm down. This one's like, I got one for it, you. Man. Had a video game character named after her. Wendy O. Koopa in Super Mario Brothers 3 was named after Wendy O. Oh! Williams. Oh, God. Duh. I knew that. Oh, my God. I completely forgot about that. I, dude, I completely forgot about that. I forgot about that. God, that's so funny. No, I seriously, I completely forgot about that. She that's performed so in the stage that. production of Rocky Horror Show. That I didn't know, but I can't stand that show. Well, but you know, oh. she's also theater. No, 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 no. Yeah, I didn't know that. Like, like for the record, the only part of the movie Rocky Horror Picture Show I like is when Meatloaf shows up and sings and leaves. Like, I should, by the way, be a big fan of Rocky Horror. Tim Curry, love theater. I hate it. I utterly hate it. Like in the world of songs, I hate most. Like the Time Warp. Actually, the, the so out of every song ever in a musical that I hate most. I think Time Warp is on my number one. I'm sorry, folks, if that's your favorite song. I'm sorry if you lost your V-badge while, while listening to Time Warp because, you know, you were whatever. I hate it. Hate it. But that's cool she's in it. God, I forgot that that was her with... Oh, 
Dude, I, I've read that a thousand times and completely forgot about that. That bugs me. But anyway, uh, no, I mean, that, that, I, it, it's a tragedy. Like, she definitely was a one-of-a-kind performer. Um, I've, I've been trying to hunt down more Plasmatics albums on vinyl. Um, they're not, they're not easy to come by. Uh, the record store near me got the, got one, the one before this, before, uh, Coop de Tot in, but I missed out on it. Um, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I got this one. I'm happy I was introduced to them and it's, uh, it's cool, you know, cause I, again, I'm, I'm glad I recommended it because, you know, I, I, I was 50, 50. I had no idea if it was something you would either like or hate, but, um, no, that's know. why I'm, that's why I'm saying this was an awesome I think this was an awesome pick because it was, dude, I mean, we have a rule on this. We're like, if one of us, if, if I seriously was like, dude, I heard two songs and this sucks and I hate it, that I'm allowed to like ask for a different pick. I mean, we are, we're allowed to say, sorry, dude, can you give me something else? Because my review is going to be, no, sir, I don't like it. And I really don't want to listen to the rest of it. Um, but I mean, great pick. Um, Loved it. And, and dude, and we, we, uh, by the way, that is way too much. Um, I, I looked on eBay to see if that, that copy of High, High, uh, High Society was there. And I'm like, dude, I'm not, hey, man, I, su- I, I support the shotgun, the shotgun boobies, but not 55 bucks worth. Though, <laughs> I, am, I am not surprised that the seller is in Pittsburgh. Just saying. <laughs> There's nothing about that statement that surprises me at all. Because you know what? I, I mean, look, I, I, I hate I might hate Pittsburgh sports teams and I despise driving in Pittsburgh more than I despise driving anywhere. But, dude, I have some great memories of Pittsburgh. There's a lot about Pittsburgh I love. You know, a lot of our friends are from there. A lot of people I care about a lot are from there. We, have, we seriously have some great memories from Pittsburgh. But the Pittsburgh attitude just screams just screams Wendy-O in high society to me. Uh, not, 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 Pittsburgh doesn't scream Wendy-O in high society. Pittsburgh screams both of them separately. <laughs> Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is the kind of town that would say screw you to Playboy. Like, I don't read Playboy. I've got high society, you know? I, I, actually, I was quoted one time and be like, I don't, I don't need Playboy. I've got, I've got Hustler Club and high society. Um, uh, but that's awesome. Anyway, I mean, penthouse, eh, kids somewhere in the middle, you know, but hey, man, you know, the, no, oh, nothing God, compares the, the to your boy, though. No, but the, the most egregious was Maxim, dude. Oh, I, I read Maxim. It's like, dude, why would you buy Maxim when like, I mean, this is this is back when like magazines were sold. Like, dude, what? Ooh, you got a copy of Rachel Ray in a with a with a pair of tight jeans. It's like, dude, what a loser you are. Like, just go buy an just just go buy a Menza magazine. Like, what a dork. Um so, anyway, okay. So because there are still some other things that we want to talk about. So like, okay. So the 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 record that I gave you was uh-huh. Escape of the Phoenix by Evergrey. Uh-huh. Now I'm going to you know, clearly. I'm going to Vakken in uh, about a month and a half, and there are some bands at Vakken that I'm just really excited to see. And so I was like, you know what? I, I think I'm not saying I will, but I, I might. The records I might recommend are bands at Vakken. I, I don't know, maybe not, but because I'm getting excited about going, I've been listening to some of them a lot. 
Evergrey is one. They are... Look, it's Iron Maiden, so I'm clearly... I want to see Iron Maiden. But of all the bands not called Iron Maiden at Vakken, Evergrey is the band I want to see the most. And the reason for it is I saw them 20 years ago-ish. No. Just, eh, whatever. Like 18 or 19 years ago, I saw Evergrey. It was, um, I saw Iced Earth on the first, it was the first show of the Glorious Burden Tour, meaning it was the first show that Tim Owens did with with Iced Earth. What was interesting about that is because I had I had no idea what to expect. I assumed he was going to be good because I, you know, knew how good he was with Priest. But when I heard the when I heard the Glorious Burden, I'm like, dude, I don't, dude, can this guy really pull that off? And they they opened with the song De- Declaration Day, which was there, which was Tim kind of being like, yeah, screw you, buddy, I can hit these notes. Awesome. He shadow boxed a lot, but it was awesome. But anyway, the lineup was Evergrey, Children of Bodom, and Iced Earth. So, I, dude, I'm super happy that I got to see Children of Bodom. They were so good. I saw Evergrey. Now, <clears throat> I listened to Evergrey at that point because 20 years ago, Evergrey was a legit prog metal band. If you, and what I was, what I was telling Rex earlier, <clears throat> if you listen to... Albums by Evergrey from early 2000s. Like, if you listen to the record In Search of Truth from 2001, if I gave you, if I just gave you songs off that record, I'm telling you right now, you would tell me it was Symphony X. First of all, the vocals aren't all that different. For you to think that that was Russell Allen 20-some-odd years ago, I wouldn't be all that shocked. Because actually, if you listen to Symphony X from 2001, they don't sound like exactly like you do now. So, dude, they were a straight prog band. And I will flat out say I liked them in the early 2000s, but my opinion was they sounded like Symphony X, but Symphony X did it better. It's just true. I loved Evergrey. Well, I love Evergrey, but I was I I listened to them. They were not among my favorite bands 20 some odd years ago. Because to me, they were another Symphony X kind of band. Except Symphony X was better. Just the truth. Weird to say it. Honest truth. And I remember seeing them live and I remember liking it, but they they were a, an opening band. They didn't play a very long set. And I will admit, I have very, very minor recollection of them. I remember I listened to them, but I was not much of a fan other than, oh, cool, they're Prague. And I saw them live and was like, oh, cool, Evergrey's playing, I like them. And I saw them and was like, oh, cool, they were good. But, I mean, I was way more excited to see Children of Bodom, way more excited to see Iced Earth. So, like, I'm really excited to see this band because my first experience seeing them was when I was not as big of a fan, was when the band was a lot different, and when they didn't, they probably played 20 minutes. You know, so so I am personally really excited about it because the band has changed a lot 
in 20 years. The, I mean, they were around in the mid, like mid 90s, but they're from Gothenburg, Sweden. Um, but so you know, what I mean, it's a new thing for me. It's almost like awesome. They sound different. I'm a huge fan compared to a guy who listened to it a bit. Um, I'm gonna see him in a in a you know with a longer set, like completely very different for me. Um, when I read when I, my recommendation was not that I thought you, I didn't think you were gonna love it. I didn't think you were gonna hate it. My opinion was they're probably gonna be lukewarm for you. Cool. Um, I was more or less just kind of like I'm just curious what you think about it. Um, and not not to mention they're a band that I mention a lot. And dude, they were my number one pick like two years in a row. And in 2016, they, I didn't do the show back then, but they were my, I, I still did top tens. They were my number one album of 2016. So they had three albums in a row that were my number one record the year they came out. And I talk about them a lot. So more than anything, I really was just like, well, I want you to listen to one of their records. Again, like it or dislike it. I don't think you'd love it or hate it. It'd be somewhere in the middle. But this way, at least you had a little bit more context of why I talk about them a lot. Um, now, I know that you drew a completely different opinion, and we'll, we'll talk about this, but to me, I think in a lot of ways, like, it was their album, The Glorious Collision, that came out in what, like 2011? Yeah, okay. The album, The Glorious, uh, Glorious Collision, came out in 2011. <clears throat> That was the record that made me a fan. They were a band I thought was cool and listened to up to that point. But Glorious Collision, I heard it, I was hooked. Like, that was the record that made me a fan. Hymns for the Broken, loved it. Then The Storm Within came out in 2016. It was my number one favorite album. Um, actually, I lied. The Atlantic was not. That's from 2019. But then Escape the Phoenix was my number one record. And then The Heartless Port Portrait from, was my favorite record of last year. So three of their four uh, of four albums in a row, three of them were my favorite record in the year. Um, but I also <clears throat> I much prefer them in the last ten or twelve years, like since the Glorious Collision. I much prefer that to their earlier, more traditional prog metal days. And in a lot of ways, and I, I know maybe you got the maybe you felt some of the connection or not. I think in a way they're my new Nevermore, and, and not maybe not my new Nevermore because I I, I got into Nevermore, you know, roughly the same time, you know. But meaning like, um, the record that that Dead Heart and Dead World made me a Nevermore fan. The records before that, I listened to them, I liked them, <clears throat> but I wouldn't have called myself a fan, you know. Anyway. Um, I think in some ways, like they're, they're my, they scratch the itch that Nevermore used to scratch. Um, they're not as, their guitars aren't as crazy, but I think there's a lot of similar elements to their sound. They don't sound alike, but I think there's some similar elements to their sound. The... Depressing lyrics... Tom and Warrell Dane don't sound anything alike, but they both have a bit of that 
torment in their vocals in different ways. Um, so that might be one of the reasons why I like them so much. I also like bands with singers. He's a singer. And I also like bands with a lot of melodies and hooks, and they do that very well. Well, I think they do it well, but they do that, right? Um, whether or not you think they do it well is besides the point, but they um, they have a lot of hooks in their songs. They have a lot of choruses. You can sing along to them. They're the, they're the prog that I like where they're definitely prog, but, dude, they're you don't notice it if you're not listening for it. Um, they're not like crazy notes all over the place. They're just not. I don't even know if I would necessarily call them prog anymore, but... Um, so, I mean, there, there are just a lot of things that I like in a band kind of all lumped together. Uh, you know, I, I like, I like the depressing lyrics. I like, I like the singing. I like the choruses. I like the musicality. I don't think they're a band that's necessarily any more technicality is it's very musical. I like that. Um, so that, that, that's why I like them so much. And Again, I didn't think you'd love them. I didn't think you'd hate them. I thought you'd be somewhere in the middle of like, eh, to eh, you know. But I was really curious your opinion on it. So that that's kind of why I gave you this one. Um, I will shut up for long enough for you to, you know, give me your thoughts on um, the uh, the record was Escape of the Phoenix uh, by Evergrey. Uh, it's my favorite album of twenty one or of twenty twenty one. So there you go. I will shut up. Take it from here. Um, okay. Um, let me let me let me see here. So, you know, and it's one I'm of those things. By the way, I should throw this out. It's like this isn't my band. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I've always said, like I'm not offended if someone else doesn't like a band I like. Like I'm not saying you you hate it, but I'm like. It's, I'm not in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I didn't write it. I didn't make that movie. I don't care if you don't like it. <laughs> no, like, no. It's, it, no th and th Tom's not is, listening. The thing is, it's not that I don't like it. It's, um, it, it's, it's a, it was a weird album for me. First of all, like, it's, it's not normally what I listen to, meaning I love well, Nevermore. I, I love Nevermore. Um, and they're like the vocalist for this band, although I can understand where you can see the connective tissue between Nevermore and Evergrey in terms of like musically, the vocalist really kind of, I, I even sent you a message. I'm like, dude, you know what this kind of reminds me of? I said, it reminds me of pop metal and it had nothing to do with the music. And when I say pop metal, I'm talking like picture yourself. You yeah. I said, picture yourself in a mall and the, 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 you know, music's playing in the mall, and More this like a is hot like topic, yeah, yeah, a hot topic or something. And this is what you hear come through, and it, it has nothing to do with the music because the music was was not that way. But the vocalist just said to me like, "This guy should be singing about like breaking up with his girlfriend and be on the radio." Like the vocalist, I, I'm not. And the thing is, I don't dislike this vocalist. So I'm not saying, "Oh, I hated the vocals." Blah blah mm -hmm. blah. I'm saying like. It immediately made me think of like of like radio metal, for lack of a better term. Um, I, I one thing I will say earlier in the album, the earlier tracks on the album gave me that feeling way more than the later tracks. The later tracks, I kind of felt like they were more, for lack of a better term, like pure metal. Like they felt more like a, a more like a, a ever or not never. Sorry, a more. I almost said more like an evergreen band, more like a nevermore band. 
where whereas the earlier tracks almost felt like they're like let's let's front load the album with tracks that might get us on the radio. I'm not saying they did that, but that's what it felt like. Well, so, I mean, I'm trying to think. The the uh, I mean, I think the first two tracks were the singles. So I wouldn't be completely surprised. Uh, track five is the beholder that right in the middle of the record is the one that they put uh, <laughs> that they put I didn't even pay attention to the name. <laughs> I What's just that? think of Goth Talk, the Beholder. Oh. <laughs> it's, well, it's, on, and, and on this, the reason I mentioned Beholder is that's the one that they, they bring James Labrie from Dream Theater into it. And it's pretty blatant. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm assuming you noticed it. Um, yeah, yeah. When when he starts singing, it's like, oh, 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 that's J well, that's James Labrie. Like, there's no hiding that that's James Labrie. Um, but by the way, I've said this about James Labrie before. People love or hate that guy. I think, by the way, the metal community has now started liking James Labrie. I think the metal world now accepts him and likes him. Dude, for a long time, back in the 90s and early 2000s, James Labrie was what turned people off of Dream Theater. Like, they were just horrible to him. And by the way, I always respected that Dream Theater didn't care. They're like, he's our singer. Hey, Rush was that way with Getty Lee. They're like, yeah. And you know, Getty thought it was funny. He probably got his feelings hurt for a while, but they're like, no, nope, that's just, that's just, it, it, he sings for us. Um, I think people accept James. That being said, I love James Labrie, but it's situational. I thought this song was very good for his voice. I thought, and, and so I don't mean, this is just my little thing. But I didn't like it the first time I heard it. I actually, on this show, said it was the weakest part of the record. In subsequent listens, I've, I've grown to really like it. But no, I mean, they, they put James Labrie right in the middle. But if I'm not mistaken, the first two, the first single, the two singles were the first. I know when, where August Morn is, was a single because that's a song that made me like the record. Anyway, I'll shut up and continue. Now, The Beholder, immediately I thought of that the old Saturday Night Live skit, Goth Talk. Yeah. Where they awesome. have, I think it's Rob Lowe. He comes on and he plays a guy called The Beholder. And he's like this gothic filmmaker and he's in Central Park and he's like, how will I ever escape this dark forest? And there's people playing Frisbee behind him, like on the grass. <laughs> I just freak. That's immediately what I think of is the beholder. I think of uh, I think of the guy from Goth Talk who was filming like there's kids playing in the background and he's like, who will save me from this dark, dark? doom or something it's hilarious anyways um look it up if you can um so yeah like i said about this album like it's uh you know so it's one of these things like where it, it i understand for you how it replaced nevermore for me i i can't make that connection like i see how you make the connection i see how others might make the connection but for me i can't do it it's just it's too different um and and like I said, the the front loaded they they it, it really to me, like I even told you, like bottom line is I said if you were to play me the first like two three four five tracks on this album, I said if you were to told me this band's opening for Hinder, I'd be like yeah that fits. Um, now I'm not saying they sound anything like them. I'm not saying that oh well if you like this you obviously like that or whatever. I'm just saying it it seemed to fit because it was very like down tuned guitar. Simple, seemingly simplistic riffing with the guy. You know, I, I can't even do the impression of the guy who sings like that. But you know, he was a he was a singer, and he was like a grungy kind of you know back of his throat type of singer. At least he sounded like that. You know, yeah. in the and early it, part. It, it, what's, what, 
what's funny is, like I said, earlier in their career, he didn't sing like that that at all. Like I think I like him singing now, where like 20 years ago, he sang like a typical guy who would sing in a, in a prog band. He sang like Russell Allen. The, the, you know, like Russell Allen from Symphony X, the lower register he has, like his more Dio kind of register, that's mm-hmm. how he sang. There was nothing, to me, there was nothing special about his vocals at all. Um, I see why, you know, you maybe don't like him as much, but like now I think he has, I don't know, I think he found his voice and, and I kind of like it. But and, and, again, and I wanna, yeah, 20 years ago, he sounded like a typical guy in a band and, like that. And I want to clarify, it's not that I say I don't like him. Like, so it's not that I don't like no, the don't. vocals. They kind of made, just like that, made me think of like that, that, that genre where I don't know, like, and, and again, the album is very well done, very well produced. It's very, it's very like it. I mean, again, it's, it's, it's a well thought out, well put together album. And frankly, I'm going to be honest with you. I think that if this was marketed differently, it would have been a huge album. I mean, in my opinion, it would have been a huge album on the radio. I think this is marketed towards guys like us. It's marketed towards guys who know Nevermore, who know, you know, this, you know, who know like the the more underground. And again, Nevermore. I'm not saying Nevermore is like one of these like, oh, but you've never heard of this. Well, no, but, but they're not an they're not an A level metal band, right? They're, they're also I mean, not curious, they're they're not playing stadiums, you know, or they weren't. I'm curious playing now. I'm going to look up when they're playing. Um, I, I'm curious about their time slot at Vakin. I'm I'm going to look because I. But I think I if this know. was marketed, the first half of this album was marketed like a mainstream metal album, it would have actually gotten radio airplay, is my point. Um, I think that there's enough here, uh, minus the song lengths, because all the song lengths are five, six minutes. I think you would have thrown a three-minute radio song. I think that this, this, this they could have been bigger. Um, so overall, I'm going to say, like, you know, it's not going to – I'm going to say this. I didn't – dislike listening to it it's like the whole time i was like oh my god when is this over as a matter of fact i accidentally listened to it twice um i let it cycle i let it repeat and let it cycle um oh my god thank god they're they're playing saturday not friday sorry continue i read they were playing saturday i was like oh my god but then i remembered a a band i don't like is headlining saturday night so okay fine i was about to get worried that i couldn't see them but i lied uh anyway so so continue yeah so like you know i'm not saying that these are my but at the other, on the other hand, um, I mean, it was okay. You know what I mean? Like it, for me, it was like it wasn't miserable to listen to, but it was. It's not something where I was like my mind was blown and I was like, holy crap! Like this is it. This is what I've been looking for. You know what I mean? It was kind of like one of those. It's cool. I enjoyed it. It was a good album. I liked listening to it. I may not listen to it again. You know what I mean, dude? I will tell you though. Okay, so Vakin. There is a the serious problem with Vakin is there's a crap ton of bands. They have a crap ton of stages. You can't see every band you want to see. You just can't. It's impossible. Luckily, they they do a legit pro produced video, complete video of every band there. So any band that I don't get to see. I will at least be able to watch when I get home. They are playing at the same time as War Kings. Now, clearly, this is not a competition. I will see Evergrey over War Kings. But it does kind of suck because I really like War Kings. Um, So, yeah, the only... 
like Nestor, I don't care. War Kings, I love, but, you know. So, okay, so Possessed was playing until, let's see. Uh, yeah, so, like, Possessed is playing until, like, 7.45, and Evergrey goes on at 8 at a different stage. So, basically, I'm going to see Possessed and leave a little early and get on over to see Evergrey. So, okay, that's cool. I will not miss them. Uh, they are playing for an hour. So, they're playing for an hour, and they're playing at 8 o'clock on Saturday. So, they have a good, they have a good you know, they're not the headliner. But, you know, they've got, they, they've got a good slot. Um, I love women with a good slot, by the way. Um, oh, actually, hey, you ready for this? They are playing at the, okay, so they're playing from eight to nine. The headliner on Saturday is playing from... Let's see. They're playing 8 to 9. They're playing 8.45 to 10.15. So Heaven Shall Burn is the band who's headlining the last night. Evergrey is playing into the time when Heaven Shall Burn is playing, which sucks for Evergrey because it means a lot of people are going to go see Heaven Shall Burn. But I don't care about Heaven Shall Burn because I don't like them. Um, so I might get a nice little intimate Evergrey show. <laughs> I uh, I have a big old feeling there's not going to be a lot. That sucks for Evergrey. There's not going to be a lot of people for him, but uh, I will be there to see Evergrey and don't care how many people go see Heaven Shall Burn. Any anyway, continue. No, that was it. I was just curious. But yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you listened I mean, I'm glad you listened to it. I, again, I didn't think you were going to love it. I didn't think you'd hate it. I, I was pretty sure you weren't going to go buy it or, or listen to it again. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, if, no if nothing else, you can at least... You know, you have a frame of reference when I, um, when I talk about them a lot. Um, so anyway, okay, so we spent the first, oh, hour, hour and, and a half, half talking about, hour and a half. So why don't we do something fun, uh, again? And we did this last week and it was kind of cool. Um, I, I want to do this again just because it was fun last week. Um, the idea is we were talking about, I was saying how, you know, Iron Maiden is playing songs that I'm excited to see. And I mentioned how, like, nothing makes me happier than seeing Iron Maiden when every song on their set list that isn't The Trooper or Hallowed Be Thy Name or Run to the Hills or Fear of the Dark, and Fear of the Dark is one of the best live songs I've ever had. But anytime it's not one of those songs, I'm really happy. It's not that I don't like those songs. It's like when they're not playing those songs, it means they're playing something else. And when they're playing something else, I just get excited about it because there's so many songs by Iron Maiden I want to see that I don't give a damn to see the Trooper ever again. So you asked me, you're like, all right, if we want to say that the average headlining set is roughly 12 songs, whatever, it was a good number. You said, cool. 
give me 12. You know, norm, anytime a woman says give me 12, I say, look, honey, I don't fold it in half for anybody. But I know that's a used joke. I know I didn't think of it. And I know it's been around forever. Doesn't mean it's not funny. Um, so so uh, you, you put me on the spot last week and made me think of what 12 songs I would put on a set list if I could pick it. Now, we do need to clarify. We are taking out of the equation time, band members, meaning you asked me ACDC, and I'm like, well, there's songs on there that Bond did that I only want to see him if Bond's doing them. But if I'm seeing Bond, then I can't see all these ones that I picked with Brian. So we are just magically pretending none of that matters. In other words, we're picking the songs that would be our favorites to see live. Even if it meant, like, I only want to see this band. I only want to see, you know, this band member do it. Like, if it's Metallica, you're like, well, I really only want to see them play this. If, Like, I don't care to see Rob or Jason play that. I'd only want to see Cliff do it. Whatever. Random example. So you gave me Iron Maiden, and you gave me ACDC, and I gave you Slayer, and I gave you Kiss. Kiss. Um, that was kind of fun. So why don't we try this again? We'll do a couple of these maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, all right. So uh, do you want to give me a band, or do you want me to give you one? Uh, I think I started last time, so why don't you start this time? I'll start. Okay. So last week, I told you to pick heads or tails or whatever I said. And I had the... So I'm going to go with the other one that I was going to ask you last week. Maybe this is an unoriginal, boring one, but I'm going to pick it simply because when you you asked me gut instinct last week, I said Slayer, and I said Kiss. Not because Kiss is your favorite band. I know Slayer is one of your favorite bands. But because they're a band... Well, what was hard with Iron Maiden with me is I like so much of their music. I like so many of their records. I celebrate at least at least some things of their whole career. Yeah, Iron Maiden in the 90s was not as good as the 80s or the aughts, but they were... There's just so much Iron Maiden that I like that picking 12 is really hard. It's easier when a band only has a couple of records. So that's why I went... That's why I picked Kiss. Because I was like, dude, I know Kiss isn't your favorite band, but you own the majority of their records. You own everything from the 70s and 80s anyway, and you like a lot of it. I mean, so do I. I mean, I, I, like, I, I like... I like Kiss from every era, era. And I like so much Kiss that it's actually kind of hard. The other problem with Kiss is how many of the staples you go with. Did either one of us put Rock and Roll All Night on our list? I doubt we did. No. To be honest with you, I don't care if I ever hear that song again. No. It has nothing, it has nothing to do with me not liking it. It's just I'm kind of like, okay, I've, I've heard it. It's kind of played out for me. And the funny thing is, it's like, man, that's such a cool song with like the fireworks and all that jazz. But 
you know. They can play fireworks play. during Detroit Rock City. <laughs> they can do but, fireworks. Dude, I mean, there were there were songs like I don't know, like I I don't think you put lick lick it up on yours, but like <clears throat> no, I did not. No, no. But as a random example, it's like I don't know, man. Do you want? Well, like I put tracks from Creatures of the Night. I think I put. I well, I know I put the song Creatures of the Night on there. But it's like every song you pick that isn't from the original lineup means you're you're making one fewer pick from the original lineup. You know what I mean? So you had to think like, oh, damn, damn. I love the original lineup, but ah, uh, like seriously, you only got twelve songs. So every song that you pick. Not from the original lineup is one fewer from that era you can pick. Because I thought, I don't know, Kiss was kind of fun for me. But I will give you the other one that was my gut instinct. Okay. And then if we do another one tonight, I'll have to put a little, I'll have to actually scroll um, and, and figure out another one to ask you. Um, so I don't mean to go with something so blatantly obvious. Hmm. I think this one is a blatantly obvious question. But no, no, no. It's a it's it's almost in a way a lazy one for me to pick. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's lazy meaning I'm not being very creative with one I'm picking for you. That's okay. But on the, the one, other hand, the one I got for you isn't either, so go ahead. Okay. But the reason I'm picking this and and to to clear clear things up, death is not an obstacle. This is anytime any place. No, 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 no. That's that's I am well, I hope we aren't picking the same one then. Um, because, well, if we're picking the same one, you're going to laugh out loud. But no, I agree. That was my point with ACDC. Like, death is not an obstacle. If that is the case, and I hope you didn't pick the same one as me. Doubt but it. I am going to I am picking this for a really obvious reason. And I was going to ask you Ozzy. And the reason I'm asking you Ozzy is because, damn it, I know your love for Randy Rhodes. But I also know how much you like Jake e. Lee. And I know how much you like what he did with Zach Wilde. So in my opinion, every song you pick that isn't by Randy Rhodes takes away a slot from because let's be fair, you could basically just pick every track on the first two records. You you would have trouble picking twelve out of the first two records, but then you got to realize like if you I'm sorry I'm going to throw this out if you want to put Perry Mason on your list, that takes away from Randy Rhodes on your list. So there we go. Um, well, what's funny about Randy Rhodes is the fact that. So what's interesting about this question is, again, we're kind of transcending time here because no, at, no, no, point, course, at, at no point could you have ever seen Randy Rhodes play his songs and Zach Wild play his songs. So no, I, I'm I going mean, we, to assume, realize that I'm going to assume that. that you're talking about like literally I'm God and right. I, yeah, yeah, I yes. am going to say that that I'm at a concert and I'm God and Randy Rhodes plays his, Zach plays his, Jake plays his. This isn't Zach playing these tracks, right? So the challenge here Dude, I don't for want me, to see Zach play anything that, and, that, that, that Randy Rhodes wrote. And the interesting thing for me here is because of that factor, like if you were to tell me this is only existing people, like you can only use the current lineup, meaning Zach, whoever the hell on bass, whoever the hell on drums and Ozzy, the, tra the, the set list would be vastly different. And why do I say that? I say that because, and I, I'm not necessarily putting this on my list, but I'm just going to clarify here. I don't care if I ever hear Crazy Train played live again. However, hearing Randy play Crazy Train, I would love it. Now, obviously, I, I mean, again, Randy died when I was like one year old. 
Like he died when I was like literally a baby. I wasn't. I wasn't born yet. I was still crapping my pants when Randy it, it was, died. It was March nineteenth of eighty two. I was not born yet. I was born and I was still crapping my pants. Like you know, like I was still in diapers and you know. So I at no point in time ever got a chance to see Randy. The only the closest I will ever get is is that that one video that that he filmed with Ozzy where he has the white marshals behind him, um, and of course the tribute album. So those are the only like you know there's the you know the stray like live videos that maybe exist somehow some way but I'm saying like I never had the I never even had a hint of an opportunity to see Randy Rhodes live. So again, what I'm saying here is the thing that makes this challenging for me is tracks that if you were to say again it's Zach and Ozzy, I would probably pick very little from Blizzard of Oz and Diary of a Madman. Why? I don't Half those songs, I I know them well. I love them. I love them like no other, but I have zero interest in hearing Zach Wilde try to be try to be Randy I Rhodes. I don't want to hear the crazy train solo with pinch harmonics. Right. No, no. Actually, for example, I saw I remember I remember watching him play Bark at the Moon and being like, dude, you destroyed that song. This is horrible. You jackass for putting pinch harmonics all over it. You jack- jackass. <laughs> jackass. Jackass. <laughs> jackass. Um, <laughs> all right. But, but again, you are God. You are, okay, you are Lemmy, right? And you get to orchestrate this. But again, it, 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 this doesn't work otherwise. This just doesn't work otherwise. You know what I mean? Like, like. Because again, like if we're talking ACDC, like I don't want to hear Brian doing the Jack, and I love Brian Johnson, but if I want to hear the Jack, and it's one of my, it's the Jack is like maybe my favorite ACDC song. I don't know, but dude, it's only cool if Bond does it. All right, let's see. But no, this is so the reason I I find this interesting is because I know you love Randy, but I know you like Jake, and I know you like Zach. So, I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. This is gonna be Randy heavy. I know. Um, this is. I know, be but in- that was my point of like. Oh, and, and we're talking just Ozzy, not Ozzy playing Sabbath, right? No, no, no. Yeah, we are talking Ozzy as a solo artist, not Sabbath. I'm double checking my list. All right, let's see here. Um. I mean, the bottom line is, I, I would basically say, oh crap! Give me I, anything. I, I, I mean, one I got to put on here. If, if I was basically say, give me anything off Blizzard and Diary and call it a day. But I'm trying to be a little bit fair here. You know what I mean? So, well, that's what I said. Like, you could literally make your top twelve off the first two records. Oh yeah, I mean, and and it's but getting- I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. I, I, that's why I said, like, if you put Perry Mason on your list, you're cutting a track from the first two records. That's why I was curious. I wasn't sure if this was <laughs> going to be is no bone easy for movies you on your list. <laughs> <laughs> I, I almost said sh no, um, dude. No bone movies is the most offensive mo- offensive song ever written. It 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 personally offends me. Ooh, I'm skipping a couple of big ones. Ooh. The thing about Ozzy for me is, you know, a lot of people don't like the hits. I actually do like the hits for Ozzy. Well, um, you, he doesn't not have hits, which sucks. But um, 
Oh man, dude, I'm oh, I'm skipping ones I really want. Oh, I'm gonna get rid of this one. Sorry, that's gotta go. Um, if that's the only thing that's stopping war, then thank God for the bomb. Such a great song. Oh man, All right, you got you got two more to go. I got my twelve. And dude, actually, this might be harder for me than it is you. Well, I mean, for God, me, it's there's just... ones. Oh, which ones I gotta take off? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go gut here. Yeah, I went gut, man, because I. Well, ours, nah, ours are not gonna be that somewhere. Maybe. I gotta Maybe. do it. All right. Uh, oh yeah, I got one more. Oh right, one more. bonus, bonus. Started track. typing no. I was like, don't write no bone movies. <laughs> <laughs> you ass hat, don't do that. All right, what the hell? <laughs> Ah, okay. Well, we got some. We got some. We, 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 all right, we here we go. I got my list. I, this is all, all right, gut, pure gut. Diary of a Madman. I've seen him play it live. I've never, obviously, I've seen him. I saw him play it live at one of the Ozfests. I don't remember which. I think I was in Texas when I saw him play it live. Um, so I think that was what 90, 98, 97, something like that. Um, and I will never forget. He's playing Diary of a Madman. I know that that song front and back. 99. It is, it is literally. I would cover that song if it didn't have. Was it ninety nine? Are you yes. sure it wasn't ninety seven? Nope, pretty sure. It's the one you saw in Texas. It was ninety nine. Was that ninety nine? I thought I was in Texas earlier. Either way, because I thought it, was well, that with know, Pantera or was that wh which which Ozfest do we see with Pantera? Was that two thousand one? No. Because I was with you when I saw Pantera, but I was in Texas when I saw Ozzy. I know that for a fact. Ninety-eight that we saw Pantera or two thousand. I don't remember. The reason I say it wasn't ninety-eight when we saw Pantera because we saw Pantera in ninety-eight with Anthrax. Right, right, right. So it must have been two thousand we saw Pantera because. Um, hold on. Fair enough. Either way, either way, whenever I saw Ozzy and I, I have my tickets. I'm not digging through my tickets right now. Um. Either way, um, what was I going to say? Um, well, anyway, you saw Diary of a Madman. You're right. You're right. You're right on the year it was 99. You're absolutely right because it was summer of 99. Um, either way, Diary of a Madman. Of and I will never forget. I, I know that song at the back of my hand. I would have covered that song by now if it wasn't for the fact that it has so many like layers in it and like it, and if you take away like the keyboards and the choirs and stuff it actually loses a little something so if i were to cover that song it would be a to that song it would be a real neutered version and i wouldn't want to do that to that song it's one of my favorite songs of all time but my point is the whole point i'm talking about is i'll never forget i'm singing along with the song you know the part where the part where uh, the the the, the drums start in you know the, is he trying to get out or trying to enter me you know the mirror tells me lies that part i will never forget ozzy going he had no idea what the words were he just totally was just like and i was like dude come on <laughs> like but at the same time when ozzy does stuff like that it's ozzy like you can't hold it against them you're thinking to yourself like 
the fact that this man's brain still functions after all of the crap he put his body through, like he deserves, he deserves to like be able to just go. Either way, but I was happy to see Diary of a Madman live. Next is SATO. There's a lot of debate, including from Ozzy and everybody else, about what SATO stands for. Some people say it stands for Sail Across the Ocean. Sometimes Some people say it stands for, what is it, Sharon, and then two other initials in Ozzy. It was the people, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Either way, that song is, I love that riff. Um, next is Revelation Mother Earth. If Diary of a Madman is my number two, Revelation Mother Earth is definitely a number. Or sorry, if Diary of a Madman is my number one, Revelation Mother Earth is my number two. That song to me has so many awesome layers in there with the bells and everything. And the um, I would love to hear this live just because the, the another thing about Ozzy is he's got the he's got the means to do a good production. So sometimes you think about when you want to see songs live. Like, what does the band have to offer? Meaning, are you going to pick the the album that... The, are you going to pick the song that has tons of, like, backing parts and everything to go see a bar band? No, it's not going to sound the same. Ozzy, he's going to have all those parts on a track. Like, look, and, and I know that there's a lot of debate right now about playing to a track, blah, blah, blah. Dude, if you're playing bells, like, bells and sound effects and all that stuff... Put it on a freaking track. I don't expect Ozzy to hire a guy for one song to stand there and hit bells and then go in the back of the and then just, you know, like, come on. Like when when, when tracks bother me, it's the guy can't play his bass. So you just record it, have a studio musician record it while he like, you know, jerk uh, jerks off on stage. No, no, that's not that's not cool. Anyways, Perry Mason would be my next one. Perry Mason is a funny song for us because it, it's actually a very sentimental song. When we were in high school in our peak, like going to concert days, you know, we finally had friends that have dri- had driver's licenses. You know, we we had we had the means to go see concerts. Osmosis was one of the big albums out. I don't remember if it had. I don't think it had just come out. But it certainly was. I think it was Ozzy's last album. It was Ozzy's last album, either way. And and last album at the time. Obviously, I know he's released more since, but it was the last album he released. Um, So it had not come out too long ago. And the the video for Perry Mason has Ozzy, you know, and, and he's sitting like in a theater and there's like 10 Ozzy's all sitting in the theater. And when he does Perry Mason, he does this thing with his fists. Like he just like does like a fist pump or something like that. I'll never forget our buddy, Jimmy and I, we'd be sitting in. Wait, who's Jimmy? Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy, the, uh, I can't say the real thing. Jimmy, the S, you know, cause he was the S. Yeah. Um, say, we didn't know what Jimmy, we knew the Jimmy, the, we knew what Jimmy, the S JTS, we called him. So JTS, right? Because that's the bottom line. We'd literally line. be sitting there in computer class. We were allowed to listen to music on our headphones, so we're sitting there in computer class. All of a sudden, I'd look over at him and, be, and do the hand thing, like the the like fist pump thing, and <laughs> it was just we knew exactly what song we were listening to. Anyways, next would be Killer of Giants. I'd love to hear that song live. It's got a lot of layers, a lot of parts. It would not be an easy production live, but I think it would sound huge live, especially the the, the part where the chorus comes in. The when the drums come in, bop, 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 Dude, that bop, is Randy bop, Castillo's bop. like 
gift to the world, if you ask me, but anyway. As a drummer, that's like, that, that is his ultimate song. Exactly, like, and he comes in with that 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 signature, bum 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 bum, you know what I mean? Like so, and plus the next is the fast part in the middle. It's awesome. Yeah, but um, it's just it's just such an awesome song. Uh, next would be Mr. Crowley. I, I don't think I could. Go, I don't think I could not see Mr. Crowley the solos. So let me put it this way: a lot of times with Randy. I was actually just watching a video recently where they're talking, you know, I've Duff and I have been doing a lot of home recording. We've been recording a lot of covers. So I've been watching a lot of videos, you know, just basically on home recording and different techniques and stuff. And one of the guys was talking about how back in the day, you know, he was comparing doubled tracks. I'm not going to get too into it either way. He was talking about doubling guitar tracks when you're recording. That's all you need to know. Um, And he was talking about how solos normally aren't doubled because it's incredibly hard for a lot of guitar players to nail a doubled solo. They said, except Randy Rhodes, who was notorious for doing it constantly. So I say Mr. Crowley because a lot of the reason why I like Randy Rhodes, his riffs are awesome, sure. He is one of the rare guitar players. I've always talked about on this show how I'm a riff guy. I don't care about how awesome of a lead player you are. I'm a Scott Ian fan. I'm a James Hetfield fan. Like, those are the guys who I look up to. Like, sure, if your leads are good, like, there are some lead players who I really look up to. Dimebag's leads were awesome. Randy's leads were awesome. But they were awesome for the same reason. They weren't just watch me play. Randy's leads told a story. Randy's leads were compositions in and of themselves. And that's how I felt about Dimebag. Like, Dime didn't just go, hey, watch how fast I can play or, hey, watch these, these notes. You could take a Dimebag solo out of the song and put it on a standalone track, and it would sound like a composition. Randy Rhodes was the same way. A lot of guitar players, I feel like, you were to take the solo out of the track, it's somebody going, you know, it just, it doesn't sound like a composition. It sounds like something you just put over a fast part in a song or a part in a song. Kirk Hammett also, to a point, but his style was never like, He's a great guitar player, regardless of how people say, like, oh, he doesn't do this and he doesn't do that. He's talented. He can write a solo. But Randy and Dimebag to me. So I'm going to pick Mr. Crowley because, in my opinion, two of the awesomest solos ever. Um, Beautiful solos. Beautiful compositions. I'm also going to pick Crazy Train for the next same reason. Do I ever care about hearing Crazy Train again? No. Would I love to see Randy play that solo? Absolutely. Uh, next, I'm doing Mama, I'm Coming Home, just because, I mean, it's a great song for Ozzy. Assuming he could still sing it and remember the words, it'd be a great song to see. It's definitely an arena song. It's one of those songs when, when you're at a concert, the whole crowd is yelling, Cause Mama, Mama, I'm coming home. You know, like... Well, because God uh, wrote that song. We gotta remember that. Well, of course, yeah. But um, Mr. Tinker Train, I just, I just think it's a cool song. No More Tears, because in my opinion, No More Tears is the Aussie theme song. Um, one, of, one of the movies I love to watch is Little Nicky. And the part where he, like, 
I don't know if you haven't seen Little Nicky and you're listening to this show. My question is, why haven't you seen Little Nicky? <laughs> Look, it's not a great masterpiece well, of cinema. Actually, I have two questions. If, if you haven't seen Little Nicky and you're listening to the show, I have two questions for you. Why haven't you listened to Little Nicky and why are you listening to the show? Well, they, I mean, they, those go both, hand in hand. They're both good questions. Let's be fair. They're, they're both very good questions. So, like, anyways, if you haven't seen Little Nicky, go find it. Um, anyway, so, but there's this part where he, like, you know, he's given this thing. I'm not going to explain the whole plot of the movie and get derailed. Either way, Ozzy shows up. And, the, and as soon as Ozzy shows up, you hear, and ever since I saw that scene in that movie, way back in like what the nineties, early two, late nineties, early two thousands, that to me, like, no more tears. That is the Ozzy theme song. Like, whenever Ozzy walks into a room, that should start playing. So I got to see no more tears if I'm seeing Ozzy live. And last but not least is you can't kill rock and roll. Why? One of the best choruses Ozzy ever wrote. Leave me alone, don't want your promises no more. Cause rock and roll is my religion and my love. I actually just quoted that to somebody. Um, I actually just, there was an article or a, a, a TikTok video release where a psychologist was talking about metalheads and how people who listen to metal generally, and I'm, these are her words, not mine, are generally smarter are generally more well-rounded, are generally more um, creative and stuff like that. And that was exactly the quote I put. I said, "Rock, because rock and roll is my religion and my love. That was the quote I put like when I posted that video on social media. So, You Can't Kill Rock and Roll rounds out my list. Diary of a Madman, SATO, Revelation Mother Earth, Perry Mason, Killer of Giants, Over the Mountain, Mr. Crowley, Crazy Train, Mom, I'm Coming Home, Mr. Tinker Train, No More Tears, You Can't Kill Rock and Roll. I think it's a pretty well-rounded list. Obviously, it's Randy heavy. Because, again, if you were to tell me Randy Rhodes were resurrecting him one night only because you're God and he's going to play Diary of a Madman from front to back, I would say, I'm in. Here's my money for my ticket. I'm there. But I, I, I would I would give anything to see Randy. I mean, obviously, it can't happen. I would give anything to see Randy live. So, obviously, my list is front. Anyways, your turn. Um, so I, I don't know if there's going to be a band we have the most in common with. Um, uh, okay. So seven we have in common. I wrote over the mountain. Dude, I'm a drummer. Lee Kerslake. Just, just get, he's so awesome. And I, dude, that was one of my little warm up drum parts. I, I just played it all the time. Huge for me. You can't kill rock and roll. Uh, you said it was one of the best choruses Wait a minute. I wrote. screwed up. I screwed up. I meant to write one down and I didn't, and I'll drop one right now for you. Forget Mr. Okay. Tinker Train. I have to I screwed up because I literally looked at this and I thought I typed it and I didn't. Flying high again has to replace Mr. Tinker Train, and I'll tell you I why. I was wondering why you didn't put flying high again on there. I'll tell you why. Right. It is my all-time favorite guitar solo ever, and I think it's one of the most beautiful pieces of music ever written. So that was well, my well, mistake. I, I was wondering why you didn't. Well, my mistake was I looked at it and said, ooh, flying high again, and then I scrolled down to like look at like more of his other albums, and I forgot to type it. Flying high again replaces Mr. Tinker Train. I feel like an idiot for not saying that. Sorry to interrupt you. Over the mountain, Lee Kerslake, no. drum part, go to town. 
No, 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 that's good. Um, uh, this song's called Flying High, so keep on smoking them joints. I can't hear it without thinking of that, by the way. Um, and damn I, it, I just lost the band I was going to ask you. I can't uh, hear I, I can't hear Crazy Train without, without hearing, We gotta do Crazy Train! <laughs> I, um, so anyway, so we have six in common. Uh, you Can't Kill Rock and Roll, I don't think is one of Ozzy's best choruses. I think it is the best chorus he ever had. I, I really. It's the best chorus on any song he's ever had. I, I mean, there's so much about Ozzy's songs I like. That song is a... It, man, that chorus, I, I love it. Uh, Die of a Madman, I'm with you. And, and do you know why Die of a Madman is such a great song for me? Because I think... I think it's very uniquely... Uniquely. Dude, there's... By the way... I can't believe I just did it. There's no such thing as something being very unique. Unique is unique. Unique means it's one of a kind. You can't be, you can't, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's unique. I, I, I do. I think, I think Diary of a Madman, where Over the Mountain is a great metal song that, I don't think it's connected to Ozzy as much as like it's a great song Ozzy sang on it. Die of a Madman, I think it's just unique. It's very, it played into Ozzy as a character. It was so good for his voice. It's exceptionally well written. Um, well, let me put it this way. Over the Mountain, to me, is <clears throat> Randy Rhodes, Lee Kerslake, Bob Daisley. Ozzy sings on it. But do you know what I mean? Like, Over the Mountain to me is like Lee Kerslake being Lee Kerslake and Randy being Randy. And and Bob Daisley being Bob Daisley. Am I making sense? Like, that is a song they very well could have written by themselves and just had Ozzy sing over it. Diary of a Madman to me is very much... The the Aussie I don't know maybe you agree or disagree but I think the Aussie element of that song adds a lot to it. I think it's a song that those three guys couldn't have done with somebody else. Over the mountain, they could have done with another singer, and it would have been pretty awesome. Um, so okay, over the mountain, you can't kill rock and roll. Diary of a Madman. Totally with you. Um. You can't kill rock and roll. Oh, I did I put that on there twice? Damn. Hold on. Hold on. I put that on there twice. I need to put something else back in. Uh, what did I what did I take out that I wanted to put back in? Hold on. Let me look. Give me a second. Uh, okay, so other ones I had on the list, the same as you. Uh, Killer of Giants. Dude. Of course I'm gonna put Killer of Giants on there. That song is it, it's it's just, it's just amazing. Um, if if Over the Mountain is the Lee Kerslake song for me, Killer of Giants is a Randy Castillo song for me. His drums are just amazing in it. And I also put Perry Mason. So actually, I lied. You deleted one and I deleted one. So no, we only have five in common. Over the Mountain, You Can't Kill Rock and Roll, Die of a Madman, Killer of Giants, You Have in Common, and Perry Mason's on mine, too. Not because I think it's one of his best songs. 
it's on there. Hold on, I'm trying to figure out what I had put. Oh, no, 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 I know what it was. It was, um, there you go. That's the one I was going to put on there. Um, it, it's exactly for you. It's totally nostalgia. So here are the songs that are on my list that weren't on your list. Title track to The Ultimate Sin. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Heaviest song, heaviest song on any Aussie album. Dude, the song The Ultimate Sin is heavy. Those guitars are... The guitars and drums in that song are balls from start to finish. That that's song a, is so heavy. That's another one that should have been on my list. I just didn't have room for. No, I, I mean, it, it's just... But yeah, it's heavy as crap. Um, I Don't Want to Change the World from No More Tears. I love that song. I don't want to change the world. I love it. Love it. Um, Miracle Man. Dude, I'm a huge fan of Miracle Man. I know when everyone thinks of Zach Wilde, they think of No More Tears. I don't know, man. When I think of Zach Wilde, I think of Miracle Man. That's my Zach song. That is my Zach song for being a Zach song. Like, like when I think of Zach Wilde in an Aussie song, I think Miracle Man. I know... I know it's supposed to be No More Tears, but I don't know, man. Miracle Man. I actually love the song. I just do. I also think it's a very Aussie song, too. Um, Bloodbath in Paradise, clearly. I just love that song um, uh, from the same record. Uh, Fire in the Sky, which I know you don't like, but it's one of my favorite Aussie songs ever. Um, Mr. Tinker Train, dude, is the best song on No More Tears. I'm sorry. I don't care what anybody has to say. It's the best song on No More Tears. Uh, and I picked Hellraiser. It's a straight up just cool factor for me. I don't even. I don't think it's among the better Aussie songs. I think it's just cool. You know what I mean? Like, like, like. Let me th let me say this. Here's this is an example of this not being my favorite Aussie songs. Hellraiser is a great example of not my. Fa it's not my top twelve favorite Aussie songs. But I think it would just be super cool to see him do it live. And I know that sounds like a weird... There's a difference there. But this is about a live show. This is not about a comp a compilation. We, we did this kind of concept 200 episodes ago on season one. But we were talking about if we were to make a greatest hit CD. This is a concert. Hellraiser is not on my greatest hit CD. It's on my concert. I Don't Want to Change the World is not on my greatest hit CD. It's on a concert. I would... Mr. Tinker Train may be on my favorite Aussie songs, but dude, you know how cool that song would be live? And Miracle Man, I know is awesome live. You Can't Kill Rock and Roll is amazing live. Diary of a Madman is my only weird one, though, because I don't know if that's going to work live. It it did work pretty well. I've seen it live. Okay, that the, the rest of these, you know, damn well are gonna be cool. Over the mountain, I know was awesome live. Killer Giants, I don't know if I've heard it live. I don't remember. Is that on the Ultimate Aussie? I gotta look up the the track lists of the Ultimate Aussie. Um, let me look at this. Ultimate Aussie was one of my just favorite releases ever. It's not so Ultimate Aussie had. Shot in the Dark, Bark of the Moon, Suicide Solution, Never Know Why. That's a great song. Mr. Crowley, I Don't Know, Killer of Giants. Yeah, there it is. Okay, so we did it. Thank God for the Bomb, Lightning Strikes, Flying High Again, Secret Loser. 
Iron Man, Crazy Train, Paranoid, The Ultimate Sin. So, yeah, I know for a fact that, because I loved that very much, I know for a fact that Killer Giants is great live, and I know The Ultimate Sin is great live because they're on there. Um, I don't know if I've ever heard him do Hellraiser live, but, dude, that would work. Um, I, I, I personally think, and I'm, I'm saying the same with yours, um, I, I personally think my list is a pretty good example of songs I'd want to see them do live. And in fact, I wasn't thinking of the Ultimate Aussie video when I made it, but my list shares a lot in common um, with songs that have been released up until that point. Um, because the Ultimate Aussie is just awesome. Alright, your turn. Throw one at me. And damn it, I had a I had one that was slightly less obvious than the next one I'm gonna ask you, but I gotta scroll and see if I can figure so out. So here's one that I swear to God, I swear I had this picked. I swear I had this picked before you told me yours. But it's ironic that we're going this route. I I'm, I think you can almost guess what I'm gonna say. Right. I'm gonna say Dio. Yeah, I kind of had a feeling you were going to say Dio uh, when I said Ozzy, because, you, you know, I kind of felt that way. Dio was um, literally, D I picked Dio, Dio, I added Dio to my list last week. So this has nothing to do with you giving me Ozzy. I'm giving you Dio because I really wanted to, like, twist your arm on something. Now, for my so, list, you know it's going to be mostly the first, like, three, four albums. Sure. Here's, here's, a, I actually think Dio is a little bit easier than Ozzy for me. Um, that being said, I am clearly not considering anything by Rainbow or Black Sabbath. No, it's just Dio Solo. Right, right. Well, like, just like I'll give an example. I don't want to see Dio live without him playing, like, Heaven and Hell. Like... Or 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 Man on the Silver Mountain. Like I want to see him do those songs live, because frankly they kick ass. But I'm obviously not putting those on there. Okay, let me see if I can't make one really quick. Like, and I'm gonna put it down here somewhere other than where you're typing yours, because I don't want your list to influence mine. Okay, I'm gonna put it right here. Okay, let's get some obvious ones out of the way. Uh, gotta get. I, I, I gotta put some obvious ones out of the way. Um, I might go really weird with this list. Um, uh, so what's interesting is you no. Know, while while you're typing out your list, because you're gonna go over yours before I uh -huh. go over mine. What's interesting is, I, I'm going to flat out say, when it comes to Dio, I have listened to every single Dio album. I've listened to every single Dio album. I own every single Dio album. Uh, from from his very first one, from, from, uh, from Holy Diver, all the way up to his last one, I own them all. Um, I bought them all on vinyl. And I will still say that his first three albums... To me, are his high water mark. Uh, well, I mean, I think. I, I, I mean, I go to Dream Evil because I love Dream Evil. Um, uh, 
I really like Lock Up the Wolves, but I don't. It's not Holy Die. It's not the first four records. Is he Sacred it's Heart? Not. I've always kind of. I, I remember I listened to Sacred Heart, and I'm like, I like it, but it's definitely not my favorite. He 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 definitely changes styles in Sacred Heart. I, I don't mean change styles like oh, it's not metal or not classic metal. There's something a little different about Sacred Heart that that wasn't there on on the first three. Yeah, it's a different it's a different record. I, I agree. Um, um, I'm almost done here. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm missing two. Um, I'm looking. I, I'm actually going to go pretty much entirely old. Um, I'm not going to do anything after Lock Up the Wolves. And it's not because I don't like them. It's because I they're just they're, they don't compare. Um, that's on there. That's on there. Hold on, I'm looking. That's on there. Mm, no, I don't want that. I want... I need one more. Hold on. Uh, I know this is one of those, like, people have to listen to us make decisions. But what else do I want? Um, All right, I got mine. Right, let me double check. I'm going to check to see if, I want, if there's anything else. No, I want this. Okay. Without overthinking... Okay, you can, why don't you look at my list and highlight, well, or whatever, I'll say it out loud, uh, anything that it, we have in common. We're probably going to have a few. Where'd you, I can't um, find you. All right. <laughs> I, I, mine is above where I wrote Ozzy, below where you wrote Ozzy. Oh, I see it. I'll highlight. I'll, there's mine. I'm, I have it highlighted. Okay. So, the two super easy ones are Don't Talk to Strangers and Last in Line. Don't talk to strangers he wrote to be India, or he wrote to be in Black Sabbath. It sounds like it was written for Black Sabbath. It, it just does. Like, Don't Talk to Strangers could have been on Heaven and Hell or Marlboro's. So, Don't Talk to Strangers for sure. Last in Line, dude, it's the, like, the coolest song he ever did in his solo career. The song Egypt, the chains are on from Last in Line, dude, that is my, I don't, it's hard to call anything off the first two records a deep cut, because there really isn't one, but that maybe is my deep cut from the first two records. I don't know if it's a deep cut. I don't know if people love it. Maybe they do. I don't remember. It's just not one that comes up a lot of conversation. Love it. Um, next up, title track to Sacred Heart. Have fond memories of that song um, from the the Dio live record I have. Um, yeah, it's such a good song. Uh, the title track to Dream Evil. Amazing song. Um, a random one. It's not a random one. It was a it was a single, but a song from Dream Evil that I also put on there is All the Fools Sail Away. All the Fools Sailed Away. Is a really cool song. I'm trying to think, I'm just double checking. Um, yeah, I'm happy with this. Okay, number seven, title track to lock up the wolves. I just think it's cool. I mean, okay, so there's a kind. Uh, let me think. Hold on, real quick. <laughs> yeah, okay. So there are actually a handful of songs on Lock of the Wolves I really like. The, the wild one is awesome. Hey, Angel is awesome. Between Two Hearts is awesome. Night Music is awesome. 
But I do really like the title track of Lock of the Wolves. So that is my song that deviates from the other records. Okay. The most obvious one on my list is We Rock because I literally have it tattooed on my arm. I literally have on my arm We Rock. I've got the, the metal horns underneath there says We Rock. I've got it tattooed on my arm. Dude, come on, man. Like, I might say that Last in Line is like his ultimate, like, epic. Oh, well, like, Don't Talk to Strangers and Live and uh, Last in Line are like his big, epic live songs. But, dude, We Rock is a damn anthem. You know what a what an anthem that song is. It's just I mean I mean sometimes cool. those anthems are better than the big production songs. You know what I mean? Because it's just dude, it's just, it gets you into the show. Instead of watching a show, you get into the show. You know what I mean? I mean, dude, let, let's just say this: like when you think of Dio, you might think of songs like "Don't Talk to Strangers." You might think of songs, whatever, uh, uh, "Holy Diver." Maybe that's what you think of. But I think. We Rock personifies what you think of when you think of listening to Dio. Maybe that's not the song you think of in your head, but We Rock, like, I think that just, it, everything about the sound of that song, the lyrics, I think to me that's just like, you know, guys who are into Dio, man. I, I just, I mean, I just think that describes Dio to me. A um, couple of weird ones. Uh, rock and Roll Children. I think is just an awesome song. Um, it's from the Sacred Heart record. Anybody who knows me knows I love that song. I love that album. Um, like, I love the song Hungry for Heaven, too, but I went Rock and Roll Children. Um, a fun song from Dream Evil is Naked in the Rain. Um, dude, there's so many songs on that record I like. Dude, Sunset Superman, All the Fools Sailed Away, I Could Have Been a Dreamer, Night People. Holy crap, does Dream Evil have some great songs. I got to tell you, my hardest part was actually um, picking songs off of that one because it's hard. Um, actually, uh, I'm not going to change it. But my next one is King of Rock and Roll. I love that song. I'm, if, if I were to take anything off my list and replace it with something else, it would be this one. Um, maybe I would put All the Fools Sailed Away. Oh, I already did. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But Rock and Roll, uh, King of Rock and Roll is uh, the first track on, on Sacred Heart. To me, that's just another, like, it's a very Dio song. You know, to me, oh, I'll put it this way. We Rock and King of Rock and Roll, to me, that's that guy that was in Rainbow. That was that guy that was in Sabbath. Going, you know what I mean? Like, it had a lot of just that about it. You know, those are not songs that are all, like, about, you know, um, you know, uh, I don't know how to, how do they put it, um, I'm trying to remember the quote. It's, uh, 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 um, how's that go? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. The, 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 you know, Dio, remember in Tenacious D, it was like, Dio has rocked for a long, long time, and now it's time for him to pass the torch. He has songs of wildebeests and angels, you know, and he soared on the wings of a demon. Like, I know that that, like, a lot of what, what Dio wrote about was, like, dragons and all that sort of thing, but, I also think of him as the guy who wrote stuff in Rainbow that reminds me of this. I mean, think, okay, let me put it this way. Think of the song Long Live Rock and Roll by Rainbow. 
dude, if you're a Rainbow fan, like, Rising and Long Live Rock and Roll are just amazing albums. And so King of Rock and Roll, to me, well, where, 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 where Don't Talk to Strangers was his, his Black Sabbath kind of feel song, I think King of Rock and Roll is his nod to Rainbow, and I love that song. And the last one is Stand Up and Shout. Again, dude, the two best songs he could ever open a concert with were We Rock and Stand Up and Shout. Like, come on. You know? Like, dude, again, what a great... Stand Up and Shout and We Rock, to me, are not... They're not just great Dio songs. They're just great rock anthems, man. Yeah, they're metal, but you know what I mean? Like, they're just rock anthems. I think you don't have to be a Dio fan. I don't think you... I think just if you went to a rock concert and We Rock or Stand Up and Shout was being played, I think... I think the, the crowd is happy. That's how I feel about it. All right, anyway. So we have a bunch in common. Yeah, we have like six in common. No, five. All right, cool. Give me your five. And uh, I'm going to try to figure out what the other band was. I mean, I have one. I have an easy one. Well, not an easy one. I, I have one at the top of my mind, but I also had an option to that. So, so you go ahead. Let me see what else I got. So number one is obvious. I speed at night <laughs> yeah, yeah, <of laughs> because course. it has to be. I mean, really and truthfully, I should have just wrote I speed at night 12 times but because <laughs> he speeds at night. All right. Next. I mean, again, I, I mentioned this before. I when it comes to my favorite Dio, it's got to it's like it's dream evil. It's last in line and and holy diver. Um, the rest of the albums are good. I listen to them, but. Truthfully, you never honestly, put out a bad album, but right. I, 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 you know, we, we we actually had a long time ago planned to do a Dio retrospective. Um, we just never got around to it. So this is an interesting conversation here. But anyway, so Dream Evil is my number two. Egypt, you're right, and I got to be honest with you. I, I I don't know if Egypt's a deep cut or not either, but I love that song. Um, when I was doing that retrospective, when I I literally went through and listened to Dio's entire catalog from. I, I, I started at Rainbow. I skipped Elf. But I literally started at Rainbow and went through his entire catalog, his entire musical career, except 13, um, from from Rainbow all the way through Sabbath, Wait. all the way... What? what? Except for what? 13, Sabbath. Okay. The one he did when oh, he well, came back I- to Sabbath. Yeah, I skipped that. Uh, you know, the, the one... 13, isn't that the one with Ozzy? That's total garbage? I thought that was one where Dio no, came uh, back. No, too. dude, no. Thirteen is um, 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 um. That's that the uh, th- that's the record because it's got that song "God Is Dead." It's when Ozzy went back to Sabbath, and they got Brad Wilk from Rage Against the Machine, who, by the way, is the best part of the record. Brad Wilk of Rage Against the Machine plays drums on the record. Uh, dude, thirteen is garbage. It's total garbage. It is a, it is a flaming pile of turd. What was I thinking At of? That, dude, dude, he did have he did an album called. That's he, what I was he thinking was in of. Heaven and hell. Heaven and hell. With, that's what I was thinking of. I skipped that I, one. Um, he uh, um, did they do? They didn't do a record though. Oh, they 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 did. Yeah, yeah, they did that album. Uh, the devil, you know. Okay, you're right. Um. 
No, no, I'm I'm totally with you. That that's the one you were thinking of. Yeah, Black Sabbath 13 is it? I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I got folks. 13 in the other than the heaven and hell confused. Like it. I forgot because Sabbath a pile of hot garbage. I think legally Sabbath can't can't like exist under Black right. Sabbath without Ozzy for some reason or something like that anymore. Yeah, after after Dehumanizer, when they got Ozzy back, yeah, he he um they can't do it. Yeah, so that that's why I was I was confused. So now wasn't you're right? It wasn't 13. I screwed up. Hey, sue me. No, no, no. I'm just, yeah, no, no, I just yeah, but dude. I'm glad you didn't listen to 13 because it's it's horrible. Well, no, no, I, I, I meant I meant the Heaven and Hell I record. You. I said 13 because I got the. I actually confused. just forgot Heaven and Hell had a record, so that's why I was like, "What? Oh, yeah." No, I knew I he was in one after Dehumanizer, album. but I didn't listen to it either way. Yeah, I started at Rainbow sure. and went I, up through even a solo. Sure. I listened to it more than once. I that live record is incredible, but I don't think I listened to it. I, I don't think I listened to the. No, I did listen there. to Sabbath I mean, live. I, Live no, no, evil, yeah, I yeah, did the, listen. The Heaven to. and Hell live, I love. But to to put it this way, I forgot that Heaven and Hell put out a a um an original an an, a, a, an actual album. It's I forgot about it because it was that it just wasn't memorable. Well, that's that I, I skipped it either way. So so way to go, way to yeah, like like you might have you might have screwed up on which Sabbath record you were talking about. I screwed up to where I didn't even remember Heaven and Hell put out a record. <laughs> so there you go. Um. So anyway, so yeah, no, I I definitely forgot. I definitely mixed them up. But either way, um, yo, but Egypt, I love that song. I love that track. Um, and it was one of the standouts the for me. Next wrong. is going to be God, last in so line. Good. We rock is awesome. I'm sorry, you're right. And like I was talking about, you know, sometimes it's cool. Like you know, even for bands like Maiden, it's cool to see those long epic songs and watch how they like play out and stuff like that. You you can't go without those anthems. Like I, I well, like you, like you 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 open the show with like and for my list, like you open the show with stand up and shout. You close the show with we rock, but you have last in line and 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 stuff like that in the middle. So like we rock, like I, didn't we see him play we rock and he kept doing the horns? He like he would just. I, I think he I think he closed with I think I actually think he opened with stand up and shout and closed with we rock. But I'm gonna look it up. But I remember though I remember specifically he'd be like we. And then he'd stop on the stage and just look at everybody and do the horns I, and go. Reason I think we rock. And then he just he and it's funny because he wouldn't he would just stop and look at everyone like yeah I'm gonna do it. And then he did the horns and everybody was like ah. Um, yeah, um, he he closed he um he closed with we rock. Yeah. When we saw him, he did evolution, which was a, a song from that. Then he did straight to the heart. Don't talk to strangers. Holy diver. Heaven and Hell, Children of the Sea, Neon Nights. Because, okay, he did three Sabbath songs. we got to remember he wasn't headlining. Yeah, he was an opener. He was open for so Maiden. So by doing Heaven and Hell, Children of the Sea, and Neon Nights, that was a Maiden. Then he did The Last in Line, Rainbow in the Dark, and We Rock. Which, yeah, dude, that's, that's a pretty, He opened for Maiden with That's Blaze. a pretty, like, that's a pretty awesome set list. As an opening band, dude, that's a... That's a and pretty I, awesome. I, I, I always loved. I don't know if it's a T-shirt or a meme or whatever, but it's like, yeah, I may be old, but I got to see Ronnie James Dio live on stage. <laughs> Hell yeah, man! Um, either way, so uh, we rock. Stand up and shout. Those two are just they're anthems to me. Uh, Evil Eyes is another one I chose. Gypsy, I love that song. Gypsy. Yeah. Um, Rainbow in the Dark, Holy Diver, One Night in the City, and Don't Talk to Strangers. Nothing I picked was a surprise, but again, I, I've said it. I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times. 
if you're cutting out Sabbath, because I would have put Time Machine on there if you would have put Sabbath. Probably would have put. Uh, um, uh, I'm 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 blanking on the the Mob Rules track I like so much. I probably would have put that on there. But if we're talking strict solo albums, that's what I picked. So I have your next band picked. But if you got one for me, I got a question for you. Do we need to take a break? Do you want to call it an evening? Because we're at two and a half I, hours, just about. You know what? I say, I, dude, if we take a break, we're. I, we should call it an evening, and I say that because. Yeah, man. I just I don't. It's un. I don't want to go. I don't want to make this a four hour episode. Well, I'll put it this way. I don't want to make it a four hour episode. I I think doing things like this is is not a reason to have a super long episode because these are things we can just kind of do anytime. If we're gonna have a really long episode, I want it to because we're having like a really deep conversation that we don't want to break up. We have a natural stopping point right now, and I mean like. I, I don't like to break up a conversation when we're having a long conversation and it's really in 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 depth and all this sort of thing. But I was gonna say the same thing. I think now is a natural breaking point. Uh, I have one gut instinct for you next week, but I might think about it a little more. So anyway, thank you. Tonight's been a lot of fun. Hey, just a reminder: uh, find us on Facebook and Instagram at the Heavy Metal Hangover. Uh, while you're there, send us pictures of your old lady as long as they are. Um, consensual, and her boobies are at least a C cup. Uh, otherwise, Rex might dig it, but I ain't looking at it. You know, if Rex sends me a picture, hey, someone sent us a, a, a naked picture of an old lady. My first question is, are they at least a C? If he says no, <laughs> they're like a B plus. I'll be like, dude, screw you. You keep you. You can have it. Um, but uh, anyway, seriously, uh, get a hold of us. Hey, if there are bands that you want us to do these lists for, dude, message us. What the hell? If if there are bands we care enough about that, it would be. I want them to be difficult, you know, like if you're going to ask me to pick 12 songs by Skid Row, like they're one of my favorite bands, but it ain't that hard, you know, like nine or eight or nine will be off the first record. You know what I mean? Like it's easy. So bands, all we ask is it's bands with enough of a catalog that there's a lot to pick from and they got to be bands we really like to make it hard. Um, but let us know. Uh, oh, and we encourage you to do that, too. Um, try to or or hey, uh, let us know maybe in the comments for this episode any of the bands we mentioned today. Give us your twelve. That would be a lot of fun. So anyway, get a hold of us. Uh, this has been cool. Just a little reminder: we don't get paid to do the show at all. We don't take we don't take ads, sponsors, anything like that. We don't do it. It's on purpose. So anything you've heard today, um, the the hogwash we talked about, or the unadulterated trash that this show is, um, those are our words and uh, not anybody else. So, anyway. So, we want to thank you uh, very much for listening. It is time that we make like a tree and get out of here. My name is Duff. My name is Rex. And we're going to see you again next week on another episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover. Congratulations for actually making it all the way through this episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover. With your beer-guzzling, head-banging hosts, Rex and Duff.